When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And now another no-brainer money-saving tip from Progressive. <laughs> Marcus, what happened? <sighs> I was changing my oil and I spilled some on the floor. Oh, we'll use these $50 bills to wipe it up. Perfect. Got any more? Yeah, yeah, take a couple hundred. Stop. Instead of using money, use an old rag. And here's a better tip from Progressive on how not to waste money. Don't pay too much for car insurance. Drivers who switch and save could save hundreds. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Potential savings will vary. We should uh, do an introduction. Should yeah. we do that? Yeah. yeah. So you're listening to Make It Stop. Bad music. Good times. I'm Mike Dunn. I'm Heather Mack. I usually go first. It feels weird when we're out of order. I think you got to switch it up from time oh, to time. Well, you know, that's what somebody who goes second would say. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> in the lineup. Well, I went first this time. So. Well, I, I guess just typical white man just inserting oh. himself, right? Sure, yeah. Yep. There we go. Here we are. Says the, the shrill, really, really girl. <laughs> Wow. How's very, how's very Patrick Monahan? <laughs> <laughs> well, what I gotta say to you, Mike, is hey soul sister. Let's mm. let's sit down. Let me let me get down at your level and let's have a little chat about uh our boys. Not our boys, nobody's boys. Whose boys? I don't even know where they came I from. I, guess I don't understand it at all. No one will claim them. They've they've sold 30 oh million records? Or 30, so how? 10, at 10 million records, 30 million uh, songs. Uh, uh, yeah. I think, uh, the, I guess there's just, you know, a contingent of Gen Xers who are just, still have really strong feelings about Duncan Sheik, and they're filling <laughs> that niche. It is unbelievable, folks. This is a band that I have never thought about before. And Jesus <laughs> Christ, did I have to. It's like analyze this shit. To, to analyze this shit is, is to go down a dark and twisted spiral that, like, I can't wait to bring you down with us, Stoppies, honestly. Because this. So you guys have been asking for this. I don't understand, again, how we made it to season four without talking about Train, but I've also, like, literally never thought 
about train before in my fucking life. Like they are oh, you're so the, lucky. Oh my God. I know. I feel so I feel so privileged. Like that's why ignorance is bliss. Like I cause this is the kind of music that you tune out in a coals. You know what I mean? Like this is the kind of music that floats behind you while you're waiting in line for an orange Julius. And you're not gonna remember the train song. You're gonna remember the orange Julius and how good it felt. Um it's 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 designed to to disappear. And now it's front and center because you stoppies demanded it. And we, you know, for season four, we were booking our our episodes and this was so popular that we, you know, put it out to the community and we said, hey, soul sisters. uh, (laughs) How many times are we going to start playing drinking game every time we say that? (laughs) The drinking game, that's like a protect, that's like a a coping mechanism (laughs) at this point. Like I was pre-gaming with the drinking game just to get in the mood mindset for this fucking episode. But anyway, so we were like, hey, community, who wants to dunk on train? And (laughs) the entire fucking like hundreds of people were just falling all over themselves to fucking make fun of this um, terrible band and uh, this terrible album, Save Me San, San Francisco. But uh, at, the, at the front of the list, in the front of the line, uh, chomping at the bit, we have two superstars here on the show today uh, who really, 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 really hate Train. <laughs> and I can't wait to get into that deep hatred and where it fermented inside you and, and you know, which like episode of One Tree Hill really impacted you in that way. <laughs> <laughs> but we have uh, incredible comedian Emily Ruskowski on the show. Returning superstar f- uh, friend pal has suffered through broken side with us. Really been in the trenches defending yes. O Town. We've we've gone through so such a journey together yeah. on, on this sh- on the show already. And I you don't know, know why you keep coming back. Sorry, go, go, I gotta go tell on. you. So my opponent in the Thunderdome. Who, uh, so I was defending O-Town, of course, and against uh, Aaron's party, defended by the incomparable Saki Tumi. And she didn't have a chance because I had a secret in my back pocket, which was that we were both going to an O-Town concert together that night. And so she had to say O-Town wasn't very good, and I could be like, up, 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 up. You and I are going to see O-Town together in three hours. In Lawrence. In Lawrence, in a pub in Lawrence, where they did not turn off the televisions that were playing a football game. I re-listened to that Thunderdome recently, and I was surprised at how many songs we gave to Aaron Carter. It was actually really close. Saki was very conflicted about that, because she was like, I do like both both of these artists. I do. And I was like, listen... You can feel what you feel, and that's okay. <laughs> we had to fabricate suspense a little bit there for that one. I mean, come on, come on, come on. We're here to entertain you. Uh, I mean, I'm still rocking out to Echo Echo to this day. I don't know about you. Ico Ico. Ico Ico, yeah. No, you're not. Oh. The most racist song. It was a super that, racist that's the one. song. That's- no, I'm feeling what I can remember. It's such like, if if Kids Bop has had an album about racist songs, Aaron Carter's version of Ico Ico would be on like Kids Bop Racism Edition. Like that. <laughs> that they gotta awesome. learn. Or like now they that's what learn. I call, if like now that's what I call music, just like now that's what I call racism, like Ico Ico <laughs> would be on there. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah, what would be the other songs on that? Too many songs on this show that we've discussed would be uh, on so that. At least one song from this album we're doing today. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, Okay, and we should, uh, so Emily Raskowski, we're so glad Bye. to have you back. Yep. And we have uh, a brand new guest to the show, but I've been a big fan for a long time. The incredibly talented, very, very funny, um, and amazing burlesque artist, Jane Doe is here. Yay! Yay! Thank you for having me. And you really fucking hate Train. Oh you my really God, fucking I, hate Train, don't you? I hate Train so much. It's like a... It's the fire of a thousand burning suns, <laughs> my hatred for Train. Tell me how Train hurt you. Tell me what got <laughs> you to be like, I need to do this. This is my calling. <laughs> so the year was, I think it was 2000. Uh, I was a freshman in college. I was home from school for the semester over Christmas break, working at the local Lane Bryant at yeah. the mall. Oh, I yes. also worked at a mall Lane Bryant. Yeah. Uh, so, and I was, I worked the closing shift, so I would come home late at night. I would sit in my bedroom and watch TV until I fell asleep, uh, while probably eating Taco Bell. And, uh, there was a commercial for the album that Drops of Jupiter was on and it aired at every single commercial break. I remember that on Comedy Central, right? Yes, every <laughs> single. I'm just trying to watch reruns of the kids in the hall and go to bed. Are we all? Yes, every single commercial break. Drops a juvenile. Is he saying in her head hey, or in, way, her uh, in her hair? In her hair? Uh, in her hair? Is it cum? Are it those is not the drops? Because, so the song is about his dead mother, so I don't no. believe it is. No. Uh, oh, so then oh, that means you, we hey. can't make fun of it. Damn it. <laughs> this is That's why I hate Train, because, so I have trained dead mother stuff. Oh. <laughs> no, no, it's not sad. Fine. The dead brain dead mother stuff is that hey soul sister was my mom's ringtone. Oh. And it was a point of contention between no. us. So I resent train for making me negatively remember something about my mother. I'm like, every time I hear it, I'm like, you sons of bitches. <laughs> you got her. Hate her memory. How'd you get her? Speaking of mothers, thank you both for your service to my mom's wardrobe. <laughs> You're so welcome. My mom's a big time Lane Bryant. Uh, <laughs> Stop LB, hang on to those real women dollars. Yeah. <laughs> 25 for 50. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, this is where I could buy a bra. Everybody's 45. This is oh, fine. Yeah. I'm going to walk away. <laughs> I was in a Lane Bryant during an earthquake one time in DC. And I got to tell no, those mannequins are big and heavy. Those are dangerous mannequins. I was like, if one of these mannequins falls on me, I'm a very body positive person, but one of these big bitch mannequins is going to kill me. Big, beautiful sure. mannequins. These Come on. Beautiful, these big, beautiful bitches made of plaster are going to kill me. <laughs> Wouldn't that be the, that would be the, the, like, the fattest fat kid death if you died oh by death by mannequin. mannequin oh, yeah. Burlington that, Mall. That woman dies. At Pentagon City Mall, Lane Bryant being crushed by seven foot tall mannequins. <laughs> the mannequins were so tall, right? They were insanely tall. So they had tall. Like, bodybuilder biceps. These were Amazonian warrior mannequins, and they were like 
500 pounds each. And I was like, I'm going to die under one of these mannequins. <laughs> I just am. This, this, it was just a very mild soul sister plays. Oh, God. Sister, soul sister plays on repeat. I was like, yes. that's exactly all the time. I'm like, I'm going to die under this mannequin listening to train. And I'm going to be angry about this for all of my afterlife as there are drops of Jupiter in my hair floating <laughs> through the atmosphere. I'm going to be so angry. <laughs> That's why Lane Bryant is so filled with ghosts. <laughs> it is. I've always said that. That's a noted problem. It's all the shenanigan deaths. <laughs> it was in our Mayapins, training, right, James? We got crushing. trained on how to deal with the ghosts. Yeah. Uh, you need an old priest and a young priest. It's a whole process. <laughs> I'm already having a conniption. <laughs> I we apologize to Lane Bryant mannequins for calling them big bitches. It's just out of fear that I said that. I respect and admire them and their strength and courage. They can't hurt you now, Emily. They can't hurt me. <laughs> they, uh, I would like to also say for the record that the mannequins are also too small for all of the clothes. That 100%. They're seven feet tall and a size eight and they have no heads and they're just <laughs> frightening. <laughs> well, I always said, you know, if you want to lose 10 pounds, just cut off a head. And they also, <laughs> if they fall on you too, Jane is correct. All the clothes were too big. So we have these very scary pins yeah. that we used to stick all the clothes on them. So I was like, I'm going to get impaled by these pins and die under one of these plaster. Some Iron Maiden type, like fucking medieval torture device. They were all too yeah. skinny. You had to pin all their clothes on and there'd be like 15 pins like up the back roll things in and like t-pin them is a yeah. whole process <laughs> oh man oh man well this was a beautiful aside i honestly <laughs> i don't want to talk about train anymore i want to talk about haunted lane bryant mannequin deaths um, yeah, how can you not talk about mall stores when you're talking about adult, yes, adult you contemporary have to. music exactly hand in hand it's true. This is one. It, just a couple weeks ago, we were listening to Kid Rock all summer long. Uh, was on the uh, on the daily playlist at the at Liquors Forty Four in Hadley <laughs> when I worked there. And this is another one that uh, was on the the playlist. I think we're gonna get through every song that I had to listen to in 2010 at work. Yeah. Uh, before we're done with this podcast, I mean, Lady Antebellum's got to be coming up at some point, right? Yeah. I mean, you mean? Oh Lady my God! A, the one who that they the stole the name someone's... from the black woman. I love that they're like to be more <laughs> to not be racist. If that's not white liberalism, if that is not just like peak white woman, like I well, know, also, I know what's gonna help. Oh my god! <laughs> also, as if we're just gonna forget that the A stands for antebellum. Yeah. <laughs> I love them like to make everyone forget that we had these weird, this weird Confederate name for a very long time. We're going to steal this black woman's name that she's been using for thirty years. As a successful solo artist, like everything about us is unproblematic. Like what? <laughs> we solved racism. Thanks. My, my, my other like exposure to Train, other than like having to hear that song a million times at work, was um, I do remember you know like twenty years ago or so. I was I was when I was a teenager, I was a big Stern head, and for whatever reason, Howard Stern was obsessed with Drops of Jupiter. He would bring it up all the time and what? like make Gary play it and stuff because he thought it was about come. Drops of probably Jupiter. did. He thought it was about gum. I don't know if it's because of my mom's passing, but like, I like grief art, if that makes sense. I always enjoy like, people sharing stuff. And I think there's so much stigma around like talking about death and dead people. So I really like hearing people's stories about people they love that they've lost. I think it's 
people get to a, a very sincere, emotional place talking about it. I love hearing the stories of people's lives and, and what's meaningful to them and all that stuff. So train makes me angry because they have songs that are like, like that one calling all angels and drops of Jupiter are songs about grief. And I'm like, Oh, why do you hate me? Make, why do you make me hate this grief art? Like I should <laughs> like this, but yours sucks so bad. Because that I you, can't honor your emotions about losing your mom because you're just so terrible at everything. You need <laughs> to have a soul to make art. And this is it, it, it you know, and well, would you settle for a soul sister? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, I will not. And so this is the thing is that is that train. Um, it's so it's wild. First of all, besides the fact that the lead singer looks like a failed MTV two MTV two VJ from two thousand four, they're they're basically the most generic band of all time. I mean, they started out in nineteen ninety three. And apparently uh, the lead singer moved from like Pennsylvania to like, and he went to Berkeley. One of them went to Berkeley. It doesn't matter. Of course. And they ended up in fucking. Stop teaching nerds how to write uh, pop music, okay? Just like, (laughs) it's it's ruining everything. It's ruining it. It's ruined everything. Shut down Berkeley. No more music. <laughs> Taking a stand. Yeah, so they were they like started out in I guess the San Francisco area. This song this album is called Save Me San Francisco, the first song on the album which is maybe the worst opener of an album I've ever heard. And the first two lines are some of the most cringy fucking lyrics I've ever heard. And then it gets worse. Um, Is supposedly an ode to San Francisco, but like what San Francisco are these guys like trying to represent, dude? It's like, it's crazy. It's like the tech bro Jamba Juice Soylent fucking, you know, standing (laughs) desk with a treadmill San Francisco. And then the video is him trying to break up a lesbian wedding that people do not want broken up like the brides are all set with him and he tries to break up a lesbian wedding the graduate style and he's turned away at the end (laughs) it really it did signal just the descent of san francisco like the total loss of culture that san francisco has experienced in the last decade yeah this it started with train yeah that process and now we have people living in moving vans outside of Google headquarters. <laughs> yeah. Direct line, direct line, yeah. train vans at Google, direct point A to point B. One might say the train has left the station, so to speak. <laughs> but um, anyway, so to be fair, the only amount of fairness that I'm going to give this band is it seems that Pat Monahan and his, you know, chiseled jawline or whatever. And, and his, his un- band of ne'er-do-wells. And his band of ne'er-do-wells, his untrimmed chest. I can't, I can't even deal with that. But anyway, we'll get to that. One of them is um, his brother, I believe. Uh, whatever. I don't care. He seems like a fine guy. Like the thing Does is, is that okay. actually, yes. So this is the thing is, this is my job is to be the bummer. That's like my favorite part of, the, oh, of no. this show is that I like come in because we talk about the music being bad, but we always we contextualize it in the culture and the people being bad. In this case, guy's actually fine. He's, uh, you know, he's actually a supporter of like queer rights. He like had to like fight with 
was not in that video. He wasn't. Okay, that I didn't watch the video, so I take it all back. But he he like had to go after focus on the family because they were improperly using a song and he didn't approve of it. He, you know, he's he seems like a decent enough dude. He said he's not religious at all. He like supports you know people's right to do whatever they want. Oh, is this because religious groups were using calling all angels? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. There were a few of them. Well, maybe Um, don't write that song. Marry me was used for marriage against marriage equality and he had to call them out and say fuck you guys so seems to be a decent enough dude but also both so gangster and so and a thug that okay is, yes yes, yes. Surely that is not as clean cut as bobby boris pickett no. subject of our well, last so wait a minute. if you keep writing songs that like super right wing assholes are like this is for us like maybe write your songs differently well, because they're so vague as to mean virtually nothing. Like, yep. that is the thing. And so even though he's not a shitty person, what he does is reflect and indeed refract the shittiness of all of us, the shittiness of America and apparently Australia because it's the most played song in Australian radio history is Hey Soul Sister. No! <laughs> so what you're saying is Pat Monahan is a prism for shit? Yes, a shit prism. In that in that market, they had to change it to G'day, Soul Sister. <laughs> but it was huge. Oh my god, I fucking hate that. It's been that specific song has been certified six times platinum. So why? Because it was my mom's ringtone. This is her Objectively song. I, bad. I have to reconcile that. I have to live with that for the rest of my life. That my beloved mother loved Soul Sister. Hey, Soul Sister. My mom also loves that song. Uh, Why do moms love Train so much? Well, okay, because it gives them this fantasy of like a romance that has no stakes and where they're always beautiful and they're always appreciated, but in the vaguest way. There's nothing (laughs) about anybody's personality or about anybody's like actual like there are all these just generic objects of his perpetual like affection slash like breakup slash let's get back together like this and and then there's some weird like maybe gay shit i don't know there's there's a lot of it's weird he he like expresses his love to them in just a the kookiest dad joke sort of way That's why moms like it. Moms like dad jokes. Moms like that. Sometimes a literal dad, a literal dad joke that you're like, I don't, I feel like I love, I love you like a daddy loves a baby. There's a line in one of the songs that we'll get to at some point. Oh yeah, we will certainly get to uh, breakfast breakfast in bed. My mom, uh, may she rest in peace, she was a huge fan of U2. And I feel like Pat Monahan is dress barn Bono. Like, <laughs> it, it's just, it's like, it. <laughs> yeah, we got to recover for a minute. But that, <laughs> it's true. Because you know it. You know that. You feel that You're dress right. barn. You smell it. Dress barn and train. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I felt that on a deep level. <laughs> That's the thing. So it's like it is like Bono again with zero conviction, and and like if, say what you will about you too and being totally overblown and ridiculous, like 
at least he sometimes makes a point. You know what I mean? There's none of that on this album. It's no. ugh, it's it's truly terrible. And I know we've been talking about how terrible it is. I'm I'm trying to see if there's any other important. I think um, you know, the thing about Pat Monahan is you look at him, and I, I'm sure he had to say to like, "Hey, alt right. I know everything about me screams that I'm one of you, but surprisingly, I'm not." <laughs> I feel like that's how that conversation went. I'm sorry, yeah. everything about me and the way I live my life and what I write made you think I was one of you. That happens all the time. It's sorry. because you look at him and you see you see Pat Monahan and you think you are a practitioner of pickup artistry. Yes. Right. Right. You know, as like, Heather earlier, he's the he looks like the kind of guy who fetishizes and creeps out Asian women, like as a practice uh-huh. in his life. Like that's who he is. But he's like a creepy weirdo that people are like, ah, oh, this guy, no. Well, none of the women are in any way three-dimensional. Like, again, they have no characteristics. They're literally just there for him to sing at, Well, they presumably. have characteristics. It's just not like you, the usual things that you would point out. It's just like... Like Meet Virginia, garbage song, not on this album. Thumbs oh. down, Meet Virginia. That was their first, <laughs> that was their first breakout hit, right? Oh, woof. What I, I know that they just rhyme life with life, and that's like the core, like the bridge to the core. She like it's, wears high heels when she exercises. Yes. No, so she fair. fucking doesn't. Virginia's fucking lying to you. Virginia's <laughs> taking a very carefully curated Instagram photo. Right. Unless Virginia's taking a stilettos dance class, which I'm pretty sure she's not. <laughs> <laughs> which you could sign up for some someday. <laughs> like men think are beautiful. It's like that One Direction song, You Don't Know You're Beautiful. It's like the weird one-dimensional things of like what men think is quirky and weird about what like, oh she's sexy even in exercise class everyone else is in new balance but she's wearing aldo stilettos how kooky like <laughs> it's definitely like the um the last vestige of like the sort of more uh toothless and like safe and soft uh alternative rock that came after grunge and I know that that's like the scene they were in when they first started in the 90s. They were opening for Hootie and the Blowfish and they were opening for uh, Cracker. Um, and like that sort of, that all sort of died out, but they just kept kept trucking, kept training. They're and- the kids bop of rock. I wrote that at one point that this was like a chill, like it was like children's music for moms. Yeah, and yeah I think they that- take the Dr. Seuss approach to rhyming. Yes. <laughs> it's so, and that's what's so insulting. I thought I was going to get into this later, but I'll give you a little taste of my soapbox that I'm going to be stepping on, which is that <laughs> you don't really love or respect women if you think that that's what, I don't know what I'm more angry about. The fact that you think that this is what women like or the fact that they liked it. This is because it's like you said, it's this hollow thing that women can be like, this song is about me. I think it's the Shrek of it's it's like the Shrek of music (laughs) that you said it's simultaneously okay for kids and moms. Although I like no disrespect to Shrek, fan of Shrek, but this is like Shrek adult. Shrek is charming. Yeah. Yeah, that's what this guy lacked. No, Pat Monahan, not charming. Did any of you guys ever read fanfic? Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. so this is this is a like it's the Mary Sue like they're all Mary Sue yes. songs. Mm-hmm. You can just Gary imagine, Stews. yes, <laughs> yes. You can just imagine yourself because there is literally nothing defining in any of these. Yep. Um, and you know what's interesting though is that yep. this album, this was like their comeback album. They had t- gone on hiatus. 
because their last couple albums like did not sell. They were total flops. What a surprise! Um, <laughs> like people, uh, people were done with Train, and then this album came out in two thousand nine and also kind of flopped. But then something happened. They got a new manager, got a new agent, or something. Yeah. And in twenty ten, they just flooded the radio market with Hey Soul Sister. Like months and months after this album came out, and I think like. There does, there is something to be said for like if you could take any song and just put it in as heavy rotation as Hey Soul Sister was in, and like it's gonna sell. It's I think I think the like this, the proof is in the pudding here. It was easy to access. My mom, again, God rest her soul, brilliant therapist, not great with technology, was still able to download Hey Soul Sister as the ringtone <laughs> on her flip phone. They made it too accessible for moms. They did. <laughs> And uh, and but it's yeah, like, like drugs it's not... in school. It you can't put it there because it's dangerous to kids. You can't make Soul Sister that accessible to moms. It's not. No, it's not safe. But it is. <laughs> it was. It was. It was some evil machinations that like forced us, forced Train back in the limelight because no one was clamoring for Train. The no. album came out and and languished in obscurity for over a year, and then they're just like uh. You know, please help us. You know, they got, I think it was the, the Fallout Boy agent. Yes, that's right. Uh, that is correct. The, the same agent as Fallout Boy yeah. got them back in the saddle. Um, and for that, he should be. That guy's got to be some sort of motherfucking <laughs> warlock or some shit to, to make, to make Fallout Boy relevant for 20 years. Yeah. yeah. He knows, he's got to know where some bodies are buried. He must. Um, should we, uh, oh, should yeah. we start diving into, uh, Ugh. to the album? I, uh, this is one of those ones that, like, I feel like I'm just going to want to play, like, two lines at a time and, like, stop and breathe. Like, I, I think this is some of the worst lyricism that I've ever heard these, of this all is the time. Kind of guy, Pat Moynihan is the kind of guy, these are the kind of people, I think, that have, like, records on display in their house to look cool, but they Definitely. don't listen to any of them. Like, Never. They're still, in the, they're still in the shrink wrap records on their shelves that like oh that's my favorite and it's like you don't own a record player in this house the lyricism <laughs> on this album is like three like generations of roommates magnetic poetry yeah <laughs> it's wild so yeah. and it really starts off at the very beginning with some of the worst i'm gonna play it right this next song save first me san song. the first song this is uh the titular track uh save me san francisco um and it's already one of the worst things i've ever heard on the show so oh, why yes. don't we go ahead and give it a listen Audio, right? They're not going to see that we all made the exact same frown throughout the whole clip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of us. We became like the visual representation of the like eek emoji. <laughs> Just like. <laughs> we all look like the fish in SpongeBob with the real turned down mouths. <laughs> oh, yeah. Listen, I used to love the tenderloin. 
till I made some tender coin. Shall we break that down? First two lines on the album. Everyone know what what he's referring to there? The Tenderloin? The Tenderloin District of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And what is the Tenderloin District in San Francisco known for? <laughs> Poverty. Uh, gay sex. Gay, gay, gay shit. Gay, gay, gay sex. Sex work, public sex. Leather stores. Leather stores, <laughs> gay shit, drug use, you know. I feel like that's I used to be gay. And- if I made money. Like when he's like, until I made tender corn, I'm like, I'm sorry, leather shops? I'll be there. Like, that sounds like a great place to spend money. Like, yeah. It sounds to me like he's like, I used to be gay and then I made money. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That was, I was reading the lyrics to my husband and that was exactly what he said. He was like, wait a second. So he, he turned straight when he got, I don't like what? I, think I it, used I think- to love the tenderloin and then I paid for conversion therapy with the money <laughs> my album. <laughs> Are you See, so- what? I thought I had a much more classist bent because I've oh. always, you know, the tenderloin is kind of like the lower income area too. There's a lot of homeless people there and I, I feel like yeah. he's saying, and like yeah, I used to hang in the tenderloin, but now I don't. I don't need to be around that. Riff now rack. I don't have to look at homeless people anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah. a nice guy, Pat Monahan. This is this is. A, I thought it was a sentient Coles ad telling us that he was into some leather daddy shit, and I was like, <laughs> that was the most interesting thing on the album, and you just took it from me, Mike. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, I mean, look, it can be both. It can be two things. It can be two kinds of terrible. Um, it's this song's actually many times of terrible. It this, is. this song is that yeah. weird point on the axis between Kid Rock, Lenny Kravitz, and Sugar Ray. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> As an aside, does Pat Monahan not sound like a middle-aged woman running for the Senate? Absolutely. Like well, Pat Monahan is Gene Shaheen's opponent. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong for New Hampshire. Um so okay. <laughs> Did we listen to the part where he goes, uh, don't know what I was on, but I think it grows in Oregon. First of all, we don't say Oregon. We say Oregon. But also, did you know that dude's a cool guy that smokes pot? My, man, my man's blazing. <laughs> this is like some very like Disney Channel forced rhyming. The only time that you say Oregon is if you're talking about the game Oregon Trail. Yes. yes. Or if you've been cast in Deadwood. <laughs> <laughs> um, this song was uh, co-written and uh, produced by Sam and Sluggo, uh, who played a big role in like utterly destroying emo as an art form in the mid aughts. Like that makes sense. When uh, like gym class, they did a bunch of shit for gym class heroes and Ooh. the academy is, Ooh. and they they co-wrote like when when Coheed and Cambria went real pop. Um, you know, basically taking something that started as like an offshoot of punk and just turning it as commercial as, as possible. What we need um, is emo but... without the emotion. So it's just, <laughs> oh. it's, just <laughs> it's it's indefensible for sure. <laughs> um, I love enjoy how much we all collectively hate this so deeply. I, yeah, I, I feel I, this I just... deeper than Pat Monahan has ever felt anything it's, in this in his life in his entire life. <laughs> I love that later on he also refers to himself as 
disco reggae and calypso okay yeah. get reggae and calypso's name out your mouth and disco all of those are you were also- never reggae or calypso my guy or disco yeah. again traditionally black art forms that i'm sure if you had anything to do with you would have ruined um there's nothing reggae or just because you listen to sublime you think you're fucking calypso <laughs> i would love dude. for su- some sublime influence to come through on this album maybe he listened to maybe he really related to aaron carter's icon <laughs> that's what Calypso that is. I mean yeah so these are some more lyrics I've been high I've been low I've been yes and I've been oh hell no oh my God. I've been rock and roll and disco won't you save me San Francisco and then he has the yeah I've been reggae and Calypso just no. shut up Pat Monahan just shut also- up show me the receipt show me the evidence I'm taking this man to lyric court and I need him to show me evidence <laughs> that he was ever reggae or calypso or There's disco. No receipts. Ugh. There are no receipts. It's 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 so soulless and trite that it's almost like a, an achievement in blandness. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like it's almost like impressive how empty it could something could be. And this is kind of similar. It's definitely giving me the flashbacks to like Imagine Dragons. And how much mm. I hated Imagine Dragons and wasn't expecting to because it's the kind of shit that fades into the background. And then when you think hard about it, it's like, oh, my God, like this is everything wrong with everything, including yes. myself. Like, <laughs> hey, soul searching. How did I allow this to happen <laughs> under my watch? And um, I honestly think Train is worse and already from this first song. I disagree. I don't think Train is worse than oh uh, Imagine God. Dragons. It's worse. I'm, sorry, I'm just going to say it right now because Imagine Dragons is more audacious in their badness and train is very underwhelming. I think no, if it weren't no, if it weren't no, for the dad joke lyrics then like the music itself no, is it, like just, it it no just, no, it's insidious. It's insidiously it's insidious. bad. Okay. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Cuz you yep. think it's unobjectionable and then you start listening to it and you're That's like it. I'm sorry, did you just say you've been Calypso? Yep. Oh, wait, oh, if, oh. I, if I even ever really started listening to it. Maybe that's the problem. It was really difficult to practice active engagement on this album, like active listening. Mm, that's fair. Okay, well, let me album. let me activate you right now. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, quote, every day so caffeinated, I wish they were golden gated. Fillmore couldn't feel more miles away. Oh, my God. <laughs> I never knew all that I had. Now, Alcatraz, don't sound so bad. Oh. At least they have a hella fine Merlot, which, let me tell you, they have actually marketed. They have a wine company, and they have a Merlot called a hella fine Merlot as a reference to this song. Wait, what is it? Or, with- or does, is the song referencing their brand? No, they, okay. the brand came. It doesn't matter. The fact <laughs> that like Maynard James Keenan and like fucking like G- like Gene Simmons and this douchebag are fucking making wines for like, and people are like, yep, yep, give me that. <laughs> Let me gobble up that hella fine Merlot. Uh, it's, it's, it's an indictment margins. on all of us. Good it's- margins. It really is. Like, hey, you know what sounds not so bad? The prison industrial complex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alcatraz yeah, doesn't sound him, so bad. What made him say that Alcatraz didn't sound so bad? What was the lyric that preceded that? No, I never no, knew all. Literally, okay, yes. Yeah, here, here's nothing the line. Nothing made him say anything. He sits down with a pencil and says, what sounds dumb? Write it down. Perfect. It's it's the magnetic fucking poetry on the fucking fridge, it's not, dude. He's sitting there going, Fillmore could 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 it Fillmore? Fillmore. Brilliant. This yeah. guy loves Brilliant. himself. 
Damn, this so MF spitting. This man thinks he is Mozart. This man is like, I am a revolutionary. My lyrics are brilliant. I know that in my heart that he thinks he is a lyrical genius. Well, I feel very confident saying that, yep. that he for sure believes that about himself. Should we should we see some more of his uh, his lyrical prowess on yeah. display in the big hit "Hey Soul Sister" up uh, next track two? Uh, the biggest hit. It, in let's fact, just get it over with. Let's just get it over with. We a, have to a certified hey, we'll smashy. We'll get through this. Uh-huh. We can get through this. An absolute smashy. One of the biggest songs of 2010. Uh, Most downloaded song on iTunes of that year. Beating even uh, the Black Eyed Peas, I Gotta Feel Him. Like, come on. What? <laughs> what? We're caping for I Gotta Feel Him? No, I'm just saying I thought that song was everywhere. You'd think that would be number one for 2010. And at least that one's fun to dance to. It's actually... You'd think it would get more plays off Bar Mitzvahs alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey Soul Sister is the best-selling... Oh, God. I can't even say this. The best-selling single in Columbia Records history. No. Can I just check real quick who's on Columbia Records? A lot of people. Oh, I don't. I wouldn't look. It's going to be it's, very upsetting. It's. I don't want to look either. Look away. Oh, that's that how. But that's how Train has been allowed to thrive all this time. We're all looking away. The train has been speeding towards us. I, I'm not even going to read like the like you Beyonce know Beyonce, Beyonce, BTS, uh, you know, uh, Zayn Malik. Mariah- Will Smith, Katy Perry, Bob Dylan, Adele, Johnny Cash, Snoop Dogg. Oh, my God. Train has got them all beat. Frank Sinatra. Aretha Franklin. Guys, you know what? David Bowie. explains a lot to me. (laughs) Wait, but I think we look at America now and we say, how did we get here? How is America this bad? But we look at that and we go, this is how we got here. We've always been this bad, and many of us are just, some of us are just waking up to it now, but this, this should have told us something. This was a time when we should have. Our moms having this as their ringtone was a, was the canary in the coal mine. Yeah, Yeah. this was going to get us here. Something was broken, and we didn't see that the canary died, and we didn't know. We, we kept moving. We, the train had already left the station, and we were on it, and we didn't even know. God. And then hey. Samsung put it in a commercial, and now it, it it will never die. Here it is. This is again another correlation. This is we've got train, hey soul sister, Trump destroying America. This yep. is straight line. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Same straight thing. Line. I will say that when this song came out, it replaced my former least favorite song of all time, and is now my current least favorite song of all time. And that's like it, it took a it 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 took a lot to knock that previous number one out of the spot, which was Leanne Womack's "I Hope You Dance." Oh, <laughs> so like that gives you an idea of what we're working with here. That is really critical context. Why don't we listen to this terrible fucking <laughs> mistake? Here we go. sunk its talon grip yes. into American culture in the late aughts and just did not let go. 
Yes. So, like, I think it started with the Somewhere Over the Rainbow ukulele cover, and then it just did not stop. Soon, you could not cut to commercial break without hearing, you know, 50 fucking ukulele and hand clap songs. The- mm-hmm. And between that Somewhere Over the Rainbow cover and uh, Zoe Deschanel, it was just like all game over. It was everywhere. Yeah. Uh, the only people who should be playing ukulele are twee aspiring child YouTubers and native Hawaiian people, I believe. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that that is a known fact. Like, oh, are you Don Ho? No, no. put it down. <laughs> put, put it, it down. down. Put down the ukulele. That is an assault weapon. Um, is there a train it's to, literally. Oh, did they start sort of the. This the adult contemporary guys I think started the sort of manic pixie dream girl kind of thing, right? Meet she Virginia. No Meet Virginia might yeah. have been the initial original manic I pixie dream girl. Oh, so. how did that one go? He's a little quirky in a way that is traditionally attractive and accept- acceptably sexy for men. There's totally nothing shaped about by the male gaze. Yeah, yeah. Nothing's nothing's egregious or unattractive in any way. She's quirky She's in a quirky way that is like she has one green eye and one blue eye, like that yeah, kind of quirky. Like David and Bowie. Started this, mm-hmm. this very generic, generic, non-egregious, no discernible qualities idea of a woman that isn't actually a real substantive woman. Like you said, I feel like this was them of like this is who you have to be, this hologram woman. She's so quirky. She dresses like it's the twenty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so glad she's got a one-track mind like me. Again, oh. the, you're allowed to be quirky in a way that men find sexy. That's- yeah. Oh, completely. This is, and also, like, the ukulele vibe, it just it transports me instantly to, like, a commercial for, like, a brand new style of whipped cream without fat calories or flavor. <laughs> it's just air in a can. <laughs> like, I can't believe it's not whipped cream. <laughs> <laughs> it won't even get you high. We ruined that part, too. Like, um, it's like, like I, I was thinking about, like, you know how, like, the, like, women laughing in yogurt commercials is a yes. thing, right? But it's like <laughs> there's like a product I feel like that would be this this song would sell no gurt. It's just an empty container. <laughs> Perfect for your cheat days. <laughs> like it's, I don't know, dude. OK, here's uh, those are my dumb jokes. But let's let's talk about the, the inspiration for the song. How many of you guys know about what inspired this song? I, I actually know? don't. Am I gonna blow y'all's mind? Yeah, All of your minds? No, oh, here we go. Oh, are blow we gonna let? Are we gonna mind. let you blow our mind? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's. Do it. Always, always. Okay, you guys aren't gonna be able to handle this, and oh, no. I'm uh, the fact that you don't know is making me like so giddy. Um, so okay, so again, as these guys really want you to know, they're they they birth them, so they emerged from the larval stage in as a band in San Francisco. And they're claiming San Francisco as their identity. And (laughs) so this album came out in 2009. The inspiration for this song was that Pat Monahan, presumably, um, so this song was inspired by Burning Man. And (laughs) what I'm going to say is this, is that Pat Monahan has never been to Burning Man, nor does he know what it is. And it's 2009. It's not like Burning Man is a secret. Like, I went to Burning Man in 2008 when I was young enough to not know better. And 
So this was the quote from from Wikipedia. Um, the story lyrically, I've heard Pat talk about this in interviews. He's always heard of Burning Man. Heard of? Oh, if you're in San Francisco, like Can I you haven't been to Burning may I, Man. May I just pause and tell the the <laughs> listeners what they're not seeing? Yes. Jane Doe's face looks as though someone has just informed her that President Kennedy has been assassinated. <laughs> <laughs> and I just need you all to know that. I was just thinking through. I, I was I was about to be like, you know, this has really been fun. Thanks for having me. I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> just trying to come. You up were with trying a good to excuse. come up with a graceful exit. I was like, how do I? How do I not do this? <laughs> the benefits of the internet world is you can claim a broken connection and oh disappear entirely. But <laughs> like, I know <laughs> you're in this. You're in this for the long haul, Jane. I'm okay. So in this. Hold on. I'm Let so me continue. Let me continue. <laughs> He's always heard of Burning Man. Somewhere in Nevada's desert. Somewhere. They do it every year. It's this whole city in the desert that gets built for a festival that happens ev every year. We've said every year three times in this interview. They build a huge man out of wood at the end. And at the end of the festival, they burn it. Pat had never been to Burning Man, but he had an image of his head in his head of what it might be like. All these beautiful women dancing around the fire. That was the imagery he conjured up when he was writing the lyrics to Hey Soul Sister. It's so, a pretty, hold on. It's a pretty big deal. Thousands and thousands of people go to it every year. People run around naked, and I guess it's a total crazy deal. End quote. So when he said, the smell of you in every single dream I dream, He's describing the smell of what he imagines Burning Man smells like. Which oh. I will tell you, it doesn't smell good because you are out in the desert in uh, 120 degree heat for a week without, red, you know, reasonable no, facilities. Pretty impressive, though, that he wrote a song about Instagram pictures of Burning Man before Instagram was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I just so, love the fact that it's 2009. You can look up what Burning Man is. And also, you live in San Francisco and you're very rich. You can go to Burning Man. You can see it for yourself. Like, hey, I'd like to write a song. Should I go look at it? No, that's fine. No, I, should I even look it up on Google to see what it is? No. No, but I'm pretty sure, you know what? You know what I know about Burning Man? Mr. Mister is, is definitely yeah. <laughs> It's just Mr. Mister's blaring from the radio stereo. Everyone's chests are completely untrimmed. Untrimmed. Uh, and uh, it's it's just going to blow your mind. Oh, my God. He, he nailed what it, I like honestly. about his the untrimmed chest thing. I, it, I like, can't cope with that. It's the opposite of, like, you have to be acceptably attractive and sexy at all times. I'm going to be totally ungroomed and whatever the fuck I want all the time but you better be perfect and it's great that you accept me that I don't have to hold myself to the same standard as you. Love you, babe. And then Burning Man responds, you're welcome, Patrick. <laughs> here's, here's the worst thing about all the of this. The giant Burning Man. <laughs> yeah, right. That all the naked women are <laughs> The object around. of his affection. I guess that part isn't completely wrong. But anyway, the untrimmed <laughs> chest. Uh, so 
here's the thing that I'm embarrassed. This is the worst part of this is that I am embarrassed to have looked up pictures of Pat Monahan to see the state of his chest hair because I was like, yo, is he Wolverine in it? Is he like fucking is is that what we're we're working with? Because honestly, I like I like a nice chest hair and I, you know, it's it's upsetting to me. Just like it's upsetting that Enzo is attractive. It's upsetting that Pat Monahan is not entirely unattractive to me. So I was like, all right, let's check out the chest hair. Dude's not packing shit, dude. He's no. got nothing sprouting. He doesn't have to trim because he doesn't fucking grow hair in his chest. What a fucking Or loser. he's trimming and he's a fucking poser. <laughs> he's a liar. Either way, he sucks. It's only untrimmed in his dreams. I bet they asked man. him about They're like, where did you get that lyric? And he's like, I heard about men having chest hair, and I wrote a, so- I wrote a song about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, it is such a stretch that this song is about burning me. I don't it's see it like, at all. I, it, it makes absolutely no sense. It makes None. absolutely no it sense. It sounds like... It's one of those things where like people feed information into a computer. Like he sounds like one of those, like he's a robot was like, I was sent here to learn about human life. And so I heard about this thing and wrote a, th- a summary of it to bring back to the other robot. Yeah. It's like how Tommy was so right scripts, you know, it's just that kind of energy of just complete yeah. and total. Like, I, th- I think I've heard tell of humans and what they might say like it's this dude okay like a mansplain of burning man that's what it is a guy who <laughs> a burning mansplain a burning mansplain a man who has no idea what he's talking about decides he oh my anybody it's a burning mansplain yes and he's <laughs> and he's in the center of attention and all the naked women are just dancing around him like ready to go it yeah. is a burning smelling like moonbeams or something yeah oh, that. trademark that heather beams. perfect <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, I gotta let's. Uh, we could go on all day about no, no. We have to talk let's... about I'm so thug. Oh. Come on. Oh my god. He says oh my... these words. Way you can cut a rug. By the way, not a sentence. It just starts like that. Watching use the only jug I need. So gangster, I'm so thug. You're the only one I'm dreaming of. Big Bird is more of a thug than this dude is. <laughs> like, he's just hot. He's just describing, I, you know, Burning Man. Oh, but the rest I of those are full of gangsters also, like, and thugs. It's that same like she's not a personality. She's a shit prism for him. A right? Shit prism. Trademark Jane Doe. But even those <laughs> other lyrics, like it's all about like the way I you make me feel about myself, and it's all like she's a reflection on him. Oh my god, there's so much of that later in this album. I want the world to see you be with me. Like, literally, like, you're my trophy so everyone knows how great I am. It's like, thumbs down. Yeah. I almost feel like it's a wink to, like, all the, um, like, white people on YouTube covering rap songs on ukulele that is going on, like, and he's saying, like, look. that. I know this is, like, an an original um, composition, but I I do want to try to get into some of that good racism, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Okay, so we're going to move on to the next one. This is called I Got You, and it is bad. Here we go. Hey, did you hear about the one that got away? They say he looked left, she turned right. Meant to be together, but not that night. Twin fates running late, pretend to make mistakes. 
we go round and round from love to love. It's either way too much or not enough. Give me lazy days with nothing better to do. You and it is. It, the verses then. sound like it go. could be Meet Virginia. Like he just used this, like he recycled the exact same beat and verse, like it just slightly changed the words. It's like a copy of his. He plagiarized his own song. That yeah. wow. And then for the verse or for the choruses, he plagiarized the Almond Brothers. Yeah. He was like, you know what? I don't really yes. want to write a chorus. What if I just do the chorus from Blackwater yeah. badly? <laughs> was it Blackwater? Was it I'm a Joker? I'm a Smoker? Oh no, it's from Blackwater. Oh yeah, yeah. From that's, that's yeah. the Doobie Brothers actually. So oh. to, but same oh, same difference. Yeah. Okay. I actually well, I thought it was uh, Brothers. I thought it was CCR for some reason. Um, who are from San Francisco, by the way. Interesting. Uh, I don't know. I we, we all named different bands and we're like, yes, Train has plagiarized all of these things. <laughs> I actually wrote down um, Taylor like, Swift, early Taylor Swift composition. So. Every, but like they're all, everything they do is either derivative or straight up plagiarized. Like it's yep. just- The same criticism I was going to say for CCR still applies to Doobie Brothers. Because um, like this is like, you know, you listen to Blackwater and you think, oh, this is like a down by the bayou. This is like a southern southern rock band. And the Doobies are from San Jose. Yeah. Um, it, it's like it, Kid Rock doing a song about New Orleans. Yeah, it is. Or Detroit, for that matter. <laughs> it's a long tradition of uh, cultural appropriation uh, that they're just jumping back in on. Um, but yeah, this is the song I realized, I realized, like, look, like, yeah, like these compositions are like milk toast. But I could like deal with it if it's not if not for the fucking corniness of the lyrics. It's so bad. It's so overwhelming. Like Sonny and Cher, you know I'll be there for you. It's so bad. Uh, and and then it's just like and he has these these lyrics to, to to make you make it known like oh yeah we love classic rock like but not play a lick of anything that sounds like it. This band started as a Led Zeppelin cover band. Yep. And, they and actually, actually yeah they put out didn't they put out like a, a record where they covered all of Led Zeppelin too? Yeah, which I am terrified. I like I was almost gonna to listen it. to it, but I'm like I don't I can't you I don't want to hear it. Everything they say they that they cite as influences or everything they mention this the soul hey soul sister thing makes so much sense to me. Because it seems like they have a very surface level understanding of any and everything they reference. Like they don't actually know anything about like Burning Man. I'm from San Francisco. It makes hey, so much sense. Like I've I've heard of this street in this city. I've heard of this event that I didn't bother to look up. Like I'm just gonna name random things I don't know anything about, and that's my yeah. Favorite. Well. Yeah, you're like you start to be like, are you even actually from San Francisco? No, they're from Pennsylvania about- or something. Yes, shit. I'm like you're talking about well-known places and cable cars, yeah. and I just feel like you're not. <laughs> it's like, like saying those like Pictionary words into a bucket yeah. and pulls them out and then writes them down and was like, who? What rhymes with this? And that's how he it's does like- his lyrics. When he said, I used to love the tenderloin until I made some tender coin, like that's yeah. That's where we're at, you know? Yep. He picks random things he doesn't know about and is like, how can I rhyme this? This is my whole song now. Yeah, I got you. I just, I read is actually about Jonestown. <laughs> what? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my God. The best part is we all believe you. I know, we're all like, that, <laughs> that sounds correct. 
Yeah, I don't have much else to say about this song, I'll say. Yeah, it's pretty fucking nothing. So should we move on to the next one? Or? Any of their um, songs could be about Jonestown or Coldstone Creamery. Like, any of their songs <laughs> could be about anything, and we just have no idea. And he might rhyme those two things at some point. <laughs> Jonestone um, Creamery. <laughs> I will say... <laughs> I will say, I think at this point in the album, like, they're still kind of tricking you a little bit. Um, Not like, I'm not, like, impressed or I don't think any of this is good. But this song and uh, Save Me San Francisco kind of gives you the impression that they're doing this, like, uh, you know, Americana, you know, country Americana tinged pop. Slash um, bitch ass incubus. Yeah, which at least. (laughs) And then it just goes straight into, like. Uh, piano and string balladry basically Ugh. for the rest of yes. the album. Yeah. Except when they get into uh, in, Bre- well, we'll talk about, I know we'll talk about Breakfast in Bed, but then they're like, oh. you know who's really hot right now? The Broken Bells. What if we did the Broken Bells, but really badly? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Is there anything they can do? Train. <laughs> um, they could sell uh, Six times platinum for one song, apparently. Um, okay, here we go. This is uh, the next song here, which is called Parachute. Parachute. We always push. We always push. particularly hate his mm. voice in this song like yeah. it's worse than normal right yeah, it's, it's like even weirdly worse. extra nasal i can't get over the human angel yep. thing i know i know i can't it's it, like <laughs> i don't want you to be like my uh ocelot angel or <laughs> right like what would you what else is there why didn't you just say angel? that's an, i will take an ocelot angel if there is one available <laughs> I mean, fact. Uh, but it, it makes me think of that stupid killer song, the Are We Human or Are We Dancer? Yeah. Yes! Yes. Or like uh, Miley Cyrus's We Run Things They Don't Run We. Like, I know. <laughs> That's not how words work. And we'll get to our man Pat's war with words later on. Yes. He really hates yes, words because he's not good at them. If you said to this man, you are bad with words, he would say, burn her at the stake. That is blasphemy. <laughs> She's a witch. I am the king of words. And everyone knows this. You know, this is, there's no, there's no reason for this or justification for this, but I like to think, I don't know if this makes it better. I feel like Pat Monahan knows it's drivel. No, you know what I mean? I, d- I feel like. I totally no? disagree. I think he. Really? Is like I'm a genius. I think he lacks depth as a person, and so this is as far yeah. deep. He's going deep for him, but for anyone else, it's a kiddie pool. I don't know if uh, I. I don't know if I buy that he thinks he's deep. I think that he. He. Figured I don't out think the he algorithm. has any passion for this band at this I point. I can't fathom feeling passionate about doing this. It's got to just be a, doing it. A, a pay, it's got to be for I the paycheck, like, right? But here's the thing. I feel like Adam Levine. 
he thinks mm. he's fucking smart. You know what I mean? Yeah. He thinks he's smart and a catch and funny and sexy. I yeah. feel like Pat Monahan at this point, they've been around for nearly 30 years. I feel like he's just like, he's cashing the check. And like, honestly, I, it's terrible. It's so odious. It's so awful. But I guess maybe it's because, you know, he did the bare minimum of being like, hey, homophobes, please don't use my music. That I feel like maybe he doesn't actually give a shit about any of this shit because not that that justifies it. It's unbelievable. And and it, it but that but that makes, you know, the object of my ire even more focused on America as a whole. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just yeah. I, my uh, for me it's uh, the the Fallout Boy manager. I think that if he didn't swoop mm-hmm. in that this album may have been the end of Train and it, it you know, rightfully should have been. But I think, uh, but I think Matt Monahan is like, this was divine intervention. The world needs train. We're back, baby. Because he keeps writing bad songs. Remember that new one they did? 50 Ways to Say You Die? It's not that new. No. But it's awful. And it's about... Well, they got... Him and he had to make up all this, like, oh, she was in a plane crash. If people ask her, like, he can't just say, like, my girlfriend dumped me. I have to tell people you're dead because I can't deal with people potentially knowing that you left me. Okay, so he takes it seriously, Super unfortunately. Yeah. It's hard. It's like a, I can see both sides of the argument because you look at the total package of Pat Monaghan yes. and you see like the haircut and the <laughs> like the necklace and the like the paisley and everything like, and you're like, this is very calculated. This feels very algorithmic. Like you're like you're adhering to a formula. And then you see that shirt that's got, it's like three buttons unbuttoned. And that's when you know he's serious. Uh-huh, uh-huh. With, with no hair. No. Not no, none at all. To be found. Hairless. <laughs> this one I do think, uh, arrangement-wise, pretty <laughs> inoffensive. I could see Taylor Swift singing this song, and I think that mm. would be okay. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I mean, it sounds like uh, I wrote a million one tree hills, and then I was like, one tree's hill? Is that actually the <laughs> this plural? I don't know. And then I also wrote, I can feel Hugh Grant's eyes crinkling right now. So it's just like, it's yeah. one of those signs that's like designed for one of those movies. Yes. Right. I said I could see Dane and Serena getting back together for the 19th time. <laughs> exactly. It's, but it's like the bargain basement version of that, though. So it's like a lifetime movie version of that. Yes. Yeah. I was saying even uh, what's like sub lifetime, like fucking Hallmark, Hallmark Channel. Yeah, Hallmark. Uh, Hallmark's yep. the next step down. Ha- yeah. Brain right. is the so- Hallmark Channel of adult contemporary artists. This is and definitely then- in a countdown to Christmas movie at oh, least yeah. one. Oh, no, the Christmas song on the album, which, by the way, Stoppies, we are not fucking lit. We, they, on Spotify, there's the extended version of this album, the Golden Gate version or whatever the fuck. I don't give a shit. We are not listening to those extra songs. There is a Christmas song. I'm so sorry. Jane Doe is drinking from <laughs> deeply <laughs> because she unfortunately did listen to that Christmas song, but there's like six other Bonus, bonus. One of them is the cover of Umbrella by Rihanna. We shat on your fucking front step, but now there's six piles of shit instead. Um, It's a bonus. Oh, you know what? Actually, the (laughs) arrangement. And we shit in your favorite shoe. Yeah, yeah. You know what the arrangement actually reminds me of a lot is um, you guys remember that Collective Soul song about like almost committing suicide, but then you don't because you love God. Oh yeah. The world I know. Yes. Because it's the world I know. 
Step to the edge. <laughs> See the world below. I don't know what you're talking about. And I laughed to myself while the tears rolled down. down. Here's the thing, Heather. You may not know what they're talking about, but they're doing an a earth in the world. Like, I know. This is exactly what the song sounds like. A hundred percent. That's true. Nailing it. <laughs> Mike and I are geniuses, is what Emily's saying. Exactly. <laughs> We it's just love true. Collective Soul so much. Oh, oh, man. At least they had one soul. <laughs> Between if them. If only they could have shared one with Train, and then we would have been in They the didn't soul. have enough left to go around no. for Train, unfortunately. <laughs> I thought it was a collect. It was a co-op of soul. <laughs> <laughs> well, Train didn't pay their dues. No, they didn't. They, of course they wouldn't. Anyway, okay. Yeah, this shit's really, it's not good, and it continues to be not good. Um with the next song. Should we move on to that one? Yeah, sure. They're this all ain't bad. Goodbye. Move on, whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is time? What are songs? <laughs> what, what is this? Uh, yeah, so this one's called This Ain't Goodbye. Let's have, have a little listen. We were way before our time As bold as we were blind Just another perfect mistake Another bridge to take on the way letting go to sing goodbye this is just where love goes when words are warm enough to keep away the cold oh no sing goodbye it's not where Oh, don't you do Counting Crows dirty like that. Oh, I absolutely will. Are you kidding me? Come on now. No, Counting Crows is in a different class than Train. This is the Counting Crows fucking enabled this band to be successful. They were on tour opening up for the Counting Crows. It's because of the Counting Crows that this band Wait, is ruining were they? our lives right now. I thought they right opened now. for Collective Soul. Kids bop Counting Crows. It's, and also <laughs> Counting on Crows the song. Counting Crows is good. Whatever. They, what? Counting Crows is good. You're going to. Mr. Am I crazy? Kind of crazy, right? Am I crazy? Tell each other fairy tales. I want to sing like a goose and make it alternative. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I loved that song when I was younger. I don't know how I feel about it now. I'd have to listen to you it. Loved again. it because they played it in Lane Bryant so much. <laughs> la 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 la. Yeah. It's a great song to do karaoke. <laughs> The only mm. bad thing about Counting Crows is Adam Duritz's white dreadlocks. Yeah, that, that was pretty Isn't that enough to write them off? <laughs> yes, <laughs> it, no. it is. But then again, hey, wait, no, that's not fair. I defended O-Town and Jacob 100% had yeah. white dreadlocks mm. the whole time. When Dave right. Perner, was that his name from Soul Asylum? Also him? Mm -hmm. Yep, also white Lots dreadlocks. Of, yep, so A many white guys with dreadlocks. Here. Three months of my freshman year. Cancel me, oh. baby. Cancel me. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Cancel. That's really unfortunate. It was just because I was on drugs. <laughs> I, I was know. like, I don't want to do my hair. And Heather then I did have dreads the it first was time. Unfortunate. It was terribly unfortunate for three for three months. And then, but I, you learned and grew. I did. I, yeah, I learned that I could not grow uh, dreadlocks, <laughs> and I cut them fucking off <laughs> um, and left them in the UMass uh, like bathroom. Like it was like I'll clog it up the like fucking like showers and there were like there were signs that went up like the following day that was like would the people who were cutting their dreadlocks please clean their hair from the drain <laughs> no um what i will say is that this ain't goodbye is an 
absolutely nothing song. It is a completely nothing song. It just washes over you. It's like, you know, a sensory deprivation tank, but then you're like, you're about to go into those like deep, like, you know, cosmic brain waves. And then, and then you have surround sound of the entire train discography on repeat. So you're just in hell and you're trapped Mm -hmm. in hell. Um, But it's like tepid, uh, floating hell. Um, and it's, and it's, it's it's just him not accepting a breakup. Yeah, right? of That's course. Yeah, of him being like, like this is who would break up with that least- jawline? <laughs> Come on now. Come on. This is surely the least offensive song on the album. I agree. But also, it is one hundred percent has to be in some teen movie. Yeah. The like male lead sings it at a talent show, sort of a thing. Yep. With a piano, and then suddenly the like popular girl falls in love with him. Yeah, that's this song. Yeah, yeah I think it's it's 100%. a song. It's a song that just exists so someone can do like a better, like more <clears throat> arresting and goosebump inducing version of it, like on The Voice, like one of those iconic The Voice uh, yes. auditions that you know never flat like an idol audition or what was it flat like a. Sorry, that's a line. It's coming we'll get up. Into we it. haven't we'll gotten to it. Yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is. They do it in like a minor key acapella. Yeah. <laughs> suddenly everyone's like. <laughs> yeah. And then they turn around and it's like, you know, an 80 year old woman and it's, oh God, how heartwarming. Wow. Wow. <laughs> she's fat and she sings. Can you believe it? Oh my God. <laughs> is it even possible? What a, what a quirk. <laughs> Oh, um, not the kind of quirk that men like. It's not, not the yeah. quirk that men like. On the list of quirks, being fat, not an acceptable no. one. Nope. No. The, perhaps the least acceptable uh, quirk. In fact, quite. Have you ever seen a manic, a fat manic pixie dream girl? Ever? No, we don't no. exist. Nope. What about? We don't exist. Uh, no, never mind. Exist. That wouldn't work. <laughs> I was just going to say something real stupid. Yeah, and I too. feel like I'm going to say it anyway. Do it. We can't be manic pixie dream. Oh, I apologize in advance. Fat women can't be manic pixie dream girls because ugh, we're too well-rounded. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm deeply ashamed of myself. Wait, I feel like oh I want to quit the show now. <laughs> <laughs> That's where <laughs> I'm dressed. No, I love that. I love that. I love it. I apologize profusely and will for the rest of my life. Patrick Monahan has not apologized, so you do not apologize. I feel like he's going to hear this podcast and steal that joke as a lyric (laughs) and be like, this is deep. Write it down. (laughs) Write it down. Oh, my God. With (laughs) well-rounded. Now I want to like find out how to get a copy of the podcast to Patrick Monahan so that I can hurt his feelings the same way this album hurts mine. It's okay. Uh, Aaron Carter liked our tweet when we did the episode about him, so we're basically famous. Who knows? I mean, does Aaron Carter know that he lost in the Thunderdome? No, he doesn't know anything right Don't now. Don't tell him. He's very fragile. Not lost. well. He was oh, being well. defended by someone who he blocked on on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She was so hurt by she that. Was. She was like, "I don't understand. I genuinely enjoy you, and I'm a fan. Why? It's just it's so funny because she's like, 
a very sincere fan and he blocked her because like she didn't get refunded for tickets one time and was just like hey i'm confused about the refund process or something like that he's he was on like, so much meth he was like so meth. benign and so well like so nice and she was respectful about it it's he's... like you're done. You're cut off. <laughs> Aaron Carter he's, is a mess. He's some of the only uh, celebrity engagement we've gotten on Twitter. Yeah. He mm. he uh, he's. We use the word celebrity pretty generously. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we have. We to. use the pod the term podcast pretty generously. With this shit. <laughs> um, speaking of which, should we take a quick break? Is it break time? Yeah, it might sure. need Let's to be break time because I have to take a little pee. So we'll be oh, right yes. good content. back. Hey guys, it's Heather from the podcast that you're already listening to, Make It Stop. And as much as we hate to interrupt, it actually felt like a perfect opportunity for us to tell you about this awesome partnership that we have with adamneve.com. When the world is a dumpster fire, solve your problems with dildos. If you go to adamneve.com right now, you can select any one item for 50% off. And then Adam and Eve is going to give you all sorts of awesome bonus free gifts. And we love free shit, Stoppies. I mean, come on. If you enter offer code BADMUSIC at checkout, you can get 10 tantalizing free gifts. A sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item that we presume is for them. And six free spicy movies, plus free shipping. So honestly, literally, guys, it's not getting any better out there. Certainly listening to terrible music like this isn't going to help. Not only will you have a whole new spectrum of dildos to help distract you from the impending doom all around us, uh, but you'll also be paying us to continue this torturous, tragic experiment uh, where we listen to the worst music ever made. AdamandEve.com, keyword bad music. Bye. Okay, great. So, un unfortunately, we have a lot more songs to go, so let us uh, continue here. We are back, and we are getting right on into uh, track number six or five, I don't care, um, called If It's Love. And this one has some questionable sentiments. So, uh, here we go. And there's a thousand ways you can skin it. My feet have been on the floor flat like an idol singer. Remember Winger, I digress, I confess you are the best thing in my life But I'm afraid when I hear stories about husband and wife There's no happy endings, no Henry Lee but you More than enough there. Oh, but you cut it off before my favorite lyric, which is But you are the greatest thing about me Yep mm -hmm. <laughs> After he's saying, like, I feel scared hearing stories about husband and wife There's no happy ending um, no and uh, also after saying, remember Winger? Okay, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I digress. Let, let, okay, let's break down each of these lines. So let's start out at the beginning, right? So he starts off with, while everybody else is getting out of bed, I'm usually getting in it. I'm not in it to win it. And there's a thousand ways you can skin it? It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything it's at all. It's just a meaningless... Getting into bed? I, getting... So is, yeah, I can't tell if he's saying he's just fucking all the time at like other people's houses. Or he's like, saying he's he goes to bed vagrant, late. Or he just likes to stay up late. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And then he goes into, my feet have been on the floor, flat like an idol singer. Remember winger? I digress. I confess, you are the best thing in my life. So... This was written by a 12-year-old boy for a talent show. 
What's the impression I get? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I know twelve-year-old boys, <laughs> and they are so much more talented than those. Like I don't want to offend them. You know what I mean? Like this is just absurd. It, what it is is new Weezer. That was what those yeah. lyrics reminded me of. Like, oh, 80s reference. Oh, you know, fucking, you know, run on sentence. Oh, and cliche. Oh, dad joke. The end. But you know what? At least Weezer has still got tasty licks. The lyrics literally get worse. So there's like the insipid, like empty lyrics. Like, you know, if it's love and we're two birds of a feather, then the rest is just whatever. And I'm addicted to loving you. And you're addicted to my love too. Blah, 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 blah. Literally just taking up space with words, not saying anything at all. And then we take a turn to this uh, vignette. <laughs> Took a loan on a house I own. Can't be a queen bee without a bee throne. Mm-hmm. I, I, <laughs> I want to buy you everything except, except cologne because it's, it's poison. poison. We can travel to Spain where the, the rain, rain falls mainly, mainly on the plane. plane. Sounds, Sounds insane. Because it is. We can laugh. We can sing. Have 10 kids and give them everything. Hold our cell phones up in the air. I just love that this is like, that's the this pinnacle like of experience. A child, like a child wrote this. A child wrote this. I no. a, chi- a, a shitty dad wrote this and no. his child is embarrassed. I got this. I got this for you guys. Are you ready? Oh, no. Yes. My comment is, it's literally you two if it was written by a golden retriever yeah there it is that's it it's not a child it's not a dad it is a fucking dog it's a take it out back and shoot it it's like a drunk frat boy took a crack at john mayer (laughs) i think the drunk frat boy is john mayer and that's (laughs) and that's better than this dude i'd take john mayer over this Another Berkeley enabled Berkeley white man who shouldn't be have the success he does. It sounds like a Berkeley slam poetry student trying to be deep at like a coffee house. Yeah, we can travel to Spain where the rainfall. Okay, first of all, mm-hmm. <laughs> rainfall is everywhere, my dude. <laughs> like, rainfalls even in the desert. Rain happens even in <laughs> Burning Man. Where- there was rain on the coast when I was in Barcelona. <laughs> so you guys, this is an elocution thing. It's a My Fair Lady reference. Oh. Yep. Yes, because it's, it's an elocution. I mean, I don't know if it's an elocution thing outside of My Fair Lady, is it? <laughs> it's like six thick thistle sticks. Like my mom used to like train me because she was a radio she DJ. Sells. And she was like, yeah. Seashells. She sells seashells by the seashore. It's one of those. It's like a, a little tongue gymnastics. Yeah. If you ever see My Fair Lady, like there's yeah. a whole song about it. But that also makes sense. Because I a lot of their songs sound like they want to be part of a rock opera, like a really bad rock opera. Yeah, yeah. the train to nowhere. You definitely, I definitely get the sense that they are pretty uh, into like musical theater, but like not like the cool. Uh, no, not the cool musical theater. Ugh, I don't if even that... know if I give them that much credit. They literally mentioned. They just love Hamilton. He just he says, <laughs> "Hold our cell phones up in the air and just be glad that we made it here alive." So it's like literally like you won't even hold a lighter. You're too straight edge to hold a lighter, so you hold They're trying your to cell be, phones. Trying to be current and 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 cool. You know, this is their this is their comeback album. This band's they they've been around since uh, for since they started in uh, 1993. Yes, 16, 17 years at this point when they make this album. I can't cope with it, dude. The lyrics are just so god awful. They're some of the worst lyrics I've ever heard. Oh, also, yeah. can we, can everyone stop comparing love to an addiction? I know like, addictions great. are not good. 
Like that is a, there are things that like actual people struggle with. And if your love is like an addiction, it's probably really unhealthy. Yes. Yeah. It's extremely yeah, I mean, codependent. It, it's legitimately like some people struggle with that love addiction, yes. you know, like yeah, uh, that show love that is about that with the characters. Yeah. He also, he also has a moment in the song where he says, um, so the thing that he makes a comment about marriage and then he says it's not going to be a happy ending. No, Henry Lee, which I was like, who the fuck is Henry Lee? Let me look this up. And it turns out he is a serial killer. So another very unhealthy comparison, especially when you're trying to do this, you know, adult contemporary, you know, target aisle love song pap like why would you be referencing a serial killer like i don't i don't get it i don't get it. I think he because he thinks it makes him edgy like saying referencing the tenderloin and shit like i i guess and and that he smokes something from oregon or i'm sorry oregon oregon <laughs> oregano oregano yeah he smokes oregano because that's <laughs> what he fucking bought at the mission in the mission district because he has in like, the tenderloin yeah in the tenderloin he was like yo give me some of that good stuff his necklaces and was like that's a cop <laughs> <laughs> that's a cop cosplay I, I know it's legal now but i'm still not going to sell to him no <laughs> uh, i also um as someone who is married i get really annoyed when people who are also married like talk shit about marriage in yes general. Because it's like, then you don't, no one's forcing you. No. Don't be married then. Why are you married? Oh, don't you love, yeah. Don't you yeah. love the comments about like the old ball and chain? Like somehow, oh. like, you know, it's, it's, there's this concept of marriage being some like elaborate trickery where you're just like all lying to each other forever. And then somehow you like slap the fucking cuffs on them. And then they're like, <laughs> got them, got them. Like they're sagging them and tag forever. Em. Like it's, that's not how, that, that shouldn't be how marriage works works like that's not okay yeah it's this song is definitely like it's it's that same family friendly like very safe and corny referential humor of the bare naked ladies but without the fun of the scat man rapper uh (laughs) delivery or the wit of the bare naked ladies who literally say chickety china the chinese chicken but they're still endlessly smarter than these still better yeah somehow chickety china is better than anything that Pat Moynihan, candidate for Senate, New Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one week runs circles around this whole album. One week. I'd rather listen You've to got one week. One week to, and you better vote. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say, did that make it or was that something? I'm crediting trademark Jane Doe and Pat Moynihan. Did we? Yeah. Did we oh, yeah. Do- yeah. Trademark. <laughs> trademark. I didn't know we were Let's call it. We're, we'll recording. say. We'll, we'll, that was Jane Doe. It's trainmarked. So. <laughs> uh, I, I wish I had some trademarks on me right now. I wish I had just been run over by a fucking freight train. Yeah. I would rather be run over by a train than willingly listen to this album in its entirety again. I'm so sorry, but we have to continue. There's more. There's just more. Just had two big thick train marks on my torso. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, we got more. (laughs) It's like Thomas the Train Engine porn. (laughs) Oh yeah, that is. You got me. I just want to be vored by Thomas the Train Engine. Oh my god. Wow, we lost I, I'm it. Not, I, I'm not gonna lie; I would pay to see that. <laughs> <laughs> you can subscribe to our Patreon that we haven't created <laughs> in order to see. Yeah, it's gonna be the first piece of premium content. That's it's it. just my deviant art where I draw me getting bored by trains. 
while while hey soul sister plays we can do it i mean we're going to have to again although i know jane's connection is breaking up here so (laughs) oh god it's so bad i gotta go bye (laughs) all right well the good news is the next one i didn't even write any notes for so hopefully we can just breeze past you already know yeah so we made it through hey soul sister guys home stretch we're doing great (laughs) all right here we go this is uh this is you already know mom rock right there <laughs> and, and jane doe actively dissociated during that song i did who i did you know what it reminds me of is um do you guys remember local h yeah it reminds me of copacetic mm. oh, oh yeah. that's all i like that song though well then you have to search inside yourself <laughs> mike dunn <laughs> it's a good song <laughs> it's the same guitar i know well it's because they had no bass player so he had to do double duty <laughs> yeah, and he was probably that. And also, Pat Monahan was probably like, "Hey, I really like that guitar riff. Let's just take it." Well, that's <laughs> all he does. He trainmarks it. That's what I'm saying. He just says, he says it is, and he says he says it's his, and it's his. But no, I'm a sucker for 90s alternative. I'll defend Local H. I'll defend Counting Crows, but. I, w- um, I was yeah. going to say this song is too unremarkable to even comment on, but I'm reading the lyrics now, and yeah. I think. <laughs> oh yeah. It's it's worse than I thought. It's so bad. <laughs> I was a shoulder you leaned on. You made me feel like the next James Bond. 007, oh hell, you were heaven Ugh. to me. But while you oh. were singing what I wanted to hear, you started breaking ground on a new frontier. Always making love, but never with me. Yeah, call me a regular old pioneer woman breaking down the ground down the street instead of tilling <laughs> your untrimmed fields. <laughs> Did you take the Oregon Trail? <laughs> Oregon. Oregon. I uh, wish Pat Monahan had died of dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> I also just, I don't understand. I was trying to play this, but I, you know, I had to, I had to keep the clip short, but the, the Tibetan bowls, wind chime, like Northampton tarot card shop, like ambient <laughs> sound. Like there's like a minute of like ambient background music that, and then it goes, like it's just complete tonal whiplash completely different song literally makes no sense there's no justification for it the intro was the best part of the album no <laughs> lyrics and like it sounds different than everything else it just I'm, sounds I'm, like I'm here for it somebody at gathering of the vibes trying to sell me crystals like it, it I, sounded like one of uh Lil b's like ambient albums like rain in rain in london or whatever it's called rain well, in england i for one have not listened to any of that but oh. i know that you can't say the same so um yeah, he also <laughs> you throw me in the fire just to save my life. A pretty little liar when I call you out, which it was clear that they were just jockeying for that soundtrack spot. I don't think for... it was even on yet. I think they oh, it was definitely they predicted on. it. It was on. In in it 09? On. Yes, it was on. Pretty little liar? Yes, it was on. No. Yes. I'm looking this up. 2010. Oh. They predicted it. Wait, really? <laughs> That's fucked up. The Nostradamus of the CW, <laughs> Patrick Monahan. 
<laughs> um, that was on ABC Family. I have seen every episode. Of <laughs> oh, Jane. So you've been through. You've been up. You've you've been on that roller coaster, haven't you? Oh. I'm an avid consumer of bad media. Uh, me too. Okay, so I feel like we need to hang out more in the. You we know, do. Um, Pretty Little Liars. I went all the way to the end. I mean that. Hard. Same. Unbearable. Hard. Unbearable. Same. The worst ending to a film, a TV series, maybe of all time. Truly atrocious. Yeah. Still went hard till the end. Yep. Same. So you should really trust our opinions on what is good art. Yeah. <laughs> what hey, you should do is listen to us. <laughs> you gotta, you know, you gotta, uh, you gotta know the bad to talk the bad. That's what Ric Flair always said, right? <laughs> Woo. <laughs> <laughs> this this song. So the, the you know, there's more really dumb lyrics like going crazy hating myself for loving you at least the one side of you i thought i knew blah, blah, it's blah, all blah. Generic, generic exactly words. that's what i was saying it's it's, it's traits it, it's so generic it's like instantly vaguely applicable to any situation like i i was gonna say and and i'll probably piss off like some of my friends and potentially you for this but um you know i would call it audio astrology but astrology is fun and harmless, and this is neither. Yes. So I, you know, I, I I hate to say it, like I read the I read the memes too about my Sagittarius self, but like it's you know it is vague enough to apply to literally any situation in my opinion. But it doesn't matter because it's a fun escape from shit like this, and this is bad. This there's no escape besides getting no. to the end of this album, which um, we are getting closer to. Uh, shall we should we continue? Do you guys have thoughts uh, about uh, this song that I've already forgotten the name of? Just that I actively want to die. OK, great. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So this next song is fucking so stupid. It's so stupid. Oh, this one. It's so dumb. It's literally called words. And the song is about how words make him feel bad. But no clear, no clarity on which words. Just the idea that if words make you feel bad, just don't listen to them. Which is just such a radical concept that I never heard of. So we're we're gonna we're gonna dive in here. Here we go. This is words. I will roll with your changes, and I'm always on your side. And there's not a word that I've ever heard that could make me change my I think this might be his most sincere song because I think he really, really struggles with utilizing words correctly and appropriately. (laughs) Struggle of like, I know I'm so good at words, but everyone says I'm bad at them, but I'll show them all. (laughs) I'll show them all. I'll show them all with my random words in no particular order. (laughs) Sort of rhyme with the words before them, kind of. I was going to point out the fact that I felt like I was like, Emily is like visibly on her phone, like looking for like anything. I was looking at the lyrics because I was looking through every song you're doing. I've been scrolling through the lyrics. Okay. I take it back. You are way more scholarly than any of this deserves. Oh, yeah. 
scrolling through so I don't miss anything because I want to make sure if in case my audio is off a little, I want to make sure I'm getting, I'm not missing any of his beautiful words. <laughs> when words keep you from feeling good, use use them as firewood and let them burn. Words, the ultimate enemy, am I right? <laughs> This is uh, yeah, the ultimate enemy if you're a middle-aged white man. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's terrified of big, scary words that I'm sure he's heard in his past. Like, this isn't a sentence. This is a fragment. Or you've rhymed words with words several times. Perhaps <laughs> revise that. He's like, no. <laughs> Do you think perhaps saying, hey, soul sister is somewhat problematic? <laughs> <laughs> That's what this song is about. <laughs> This this song's about when he showed someone Hey Soul Sister and they said I'm not feeling it, uh, Pat. Like, when he you. when he when he busted out the I'm a gangster, I'm a thug line, they were like, uh uh-uh. uh oh, no. <laughs> words, man, words are so hard words. and people are so mean. Trying to keep me down with the words. With the words. What's really annoying too is that this song starts off like musically more promising than some of the mm-hmm. others. Yeah. And then it just all the other not guitar instruments kick in and just ruin it. It is like it's a well-worn classic pop music uh, yeah. chord progression. Yeah, because you know it heard me doing Macy Gray there. It's also uh, you know what's going on by Four Non Blondes. Mm-hmm. The exact same progression. All of them. So yeah, they, I mean you can't. You really can't. It's hard to screw up, but. I just, I very, this is my favorite one because it just, I've created, I've concocted that storyline in my head that he's like, I don't understand words very well, but I love them so much and no one's going to stop me from continuing to do my nonsense. (laughs) I just just picture him feverishly like over a desk. For some reason, he's holding a quill. (laughs) I don't know why. He's like, like, I want to say, Pain. What rhymes with pain? Train. <laughs> Train. <laughs> and he changes Lane. it. He somehow makes again. Uh, he, I mean, he would be off. He'd like again, again. Everyone says that word that way. Again. Oregon. Again. again. Everyone says again. I do like the idea that he That's that he what? writes with a quill because I feel like he is just a couple like you know extraneous gears away from being steampunk. Yeah. The way he dresses. Yeah. yeah. I just fucking hate what I hate so much is that I think you're right, Jane, that the like there's like, you know, musically like honestly, musically, like most of this album isn't super offensive, but that makes it more offensive to me. Just like kind of Imagine Dragons. It's like you figured out this formula and I'm fucking disgusted by it. Like, you know, Um, and I'm disgusted for myself, like by myself, like allowing it to continue but you have in this song these like extremely performative crescendo at the end like you have this like it's like a hey jude and then you have like the piped in like black gospel choir and it's like where did this come from like this is unearned it is unearned there is nothing that brought us here this is his magnum opus. This is his moment. Dude, it's yeah, literally. This is his most profound. He doesn't even do the dad jokes in the song. He's like, this no. is too serious. I know. No, this is. Oh, a topic. This is his part. My, this is his part. I love this it. This is, I wrote, it's like a guy working at TGI Fridays trying to get his big break and really belting the birthday song. Like, he's just like, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, happy birthday, yeah. Like, <laughs> 
in LA or San Francisco. Oh Wait, are you just describing the the audition scene from Pen Fifteen? Sure. Oh, I haven't watched <laughs> oh. it yet, but I need to. It's very I much like so that. Good. I need to watch it. It I is very it. much like that. <laughs> she literally sings "Happy Birthday" in it. Happy oh my birthday. God. Yeah, it's that. It's it's for sure that. I was I, just... watch- I was listening to this song while I was driving home and I was at a like a part in my drive where there were stoplights and this song was on at a stoplight and I had my windows down and I was You're like, like nope. I was like I was sinking down in my seat being like, "Oh my god, no one look at me." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did when we were doing the Kid Rock album, I listened to that on the way uh to the podcast record and I, I had to pause it at every stoplight. Like I didn't even okay. I didn't even want people to hear what could possibly be Kid Rock like coming through the sound of my door through their door. I didn't even want that possibility. Just I just love you got a hand as a train. They have really stretched this musical pizza dough into a whole album. Like okay. And they are the okay. pizza dough that they're stretching is Pasquale's <laughs> It's a cauliflower crust. No, no. Do you know what Pasquale's is? Pasquale's is Chuck E. Cheese. And on Grubhub they call themselves Pasquale's so that you'll <laughs> mistakenly order from them. That's thinking right. that it's good pizza. And it's still active. I looked, it's on in Everett. If you search on Grubhub for pizza right now, you can Pasquale and it's Chuck E. It's Cheese. Chuck E. Cheese. Charles E. Cheeses. <laughs> yes. Um, Charlemagne. <laughs> Fromaggio. <laughs> I was going to say that it's like the Pillsbury pizza dough in a can. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's sort of what, oh, yeah, it, yeah. what it feels like. Just no, because that stuff's delicious, though. Yeah, and that's the thing I was going to say. It's even I even eat Pasquale's over oh training, God. like any pizza. They're not even spelling Pasquale correctly. They're With spelling it P-A-U-A-L-L-Y. <laughs> Pasqualis, no. oh, but no. here's the thing: I would eat ten Pasqualis pizzas. Would, yeah, the the spaghetti and meatballs pizza is pretty fire at Chuck E. Cheese, from what I hear from the Doughboys. So I mean, it's not fire, but it's fine, <laughs> is what it is. And I would list, I would eat ten of those before I'd fucking listen to this god awful album again. So we should just probably move on with it. We have three songs left, so let's fucking okay. bang it out. I'm I'm really in a I, I really went down a rabbit hole in this Pasquale pizza for a while. I can I can pay attention, but the rest of my night is Pasquale. <laughs> this is I, a uh, Pasquale's podcast now. The, the Pasquale cast. Pasquale cast. <laughs> Here we go. We'd like to shout out our sponsors, Pasquale's. It's definitely not Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> it definitely oh, wasn't cooked in a. In a in a in a, uh, uh, a dirty room that smells like diapers. <laughs> by children actively participating in a birthday yeah. party. By children and uh, uh, a broken down animatronic band. <laughs> Shall we continue with with oh, that? Yeah. Uh, let's go on to the next one. This is called Brick by Brick. Was everything we knew. It's where we kept our Did you guys see? It's all the same song. It's all a repeat of the same. It's the same pizza dough. Stretch it out the Pasquale. 
Did you guys see that the co-writer on this song is named Espionage? No. Oh, I I learned about Espionage. Um, I don't think it's... Uh, they're a Swedish duo. I feel like... Known for their work with Beyonce, Chris Brown, and Jordan Sparks. Well... If I feel like if you're if you're like a songwriting team and you write music like this and you call yourself espionage. Yeah, right. That's like those like NGOs. The Matrix doing Liz Fair's album. <laughs> that's like that's like those NGOs that call themselves like the you know, the the Human Rights Council for uh, you know, peace and prosperity. It's like, just like, it's like funnel money United. to warlords. Yeah. Yes. It's like all those fucking like cults with like the United Church of God yeah. and you're like, Oh, that sounds fine. Yeah. So you're like, oh, yeah, we're, no. This song is Pasquale's brick oven. <laughs> like if- what I will say about this song is that at least it is coherent from beginning to end. Yeah. They really like they yep. they went in hard on that metaphor of the house and they really stuck with it the whole time. Yeah, it's I mean it's extremely boring. It's extremely surface level. Much like owning a house. Um <laughs> Yeah, right. Right, exactly. I mean, there are some very questionable lyrics in the sense of just like they don't make any sense like uh all the pictures that we've taken and the songs that we have played that have yep. all kept track and followed back the love that we have made. Is that like, are we talking about like that's, Twitter? That's word salad. Or- I, am a, I am a licensed therapist and I'm concerned about that word salad. I would have a conversation about it with him if, if he thinks it made sense. Oh, in his do you think he might, he you, he might be schizoaffective? <laughs> I would be worried about that. I would be doing a, a screening form for him right now, Jane saying this word salad concerns me that we may have some active psychosis i think that that means that he's actually secretly taping you while you bone in the bedroom (laughs) (laughs) two different equally plausible takes on there isn't uh quite a lot to say about this song though it's fucking very stupid and insipid just like everything fucking else on this album like it's just somebody somewhere is falling asleep on a bed in a going out of business years to this song. You know what I mean? Like, you can just feel it. One of those beds that's not even like a real bed. It's just like a hard surface with a blanket on it. They fooled me as a kid too many times. <laughs> just like they fooled me as an adult when I ordered Pasquale's. Benvenuto! Benvenuto Pasquale's! We have a giant mouse! Don't look at it! <laughs> <laughs> is is train the Foo Fighters you buy on Wish? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's so perfect. That is, that is Pasquale's chef. Tip. Oh, perfect. I think that just broke me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't have much more to say about that. Let's just fucking finish this shit off. Should we just finish with the last oh. two songs? Or Let's I don't do know. No, Breakfast in Bed needs its own conversation. It oh, needs its own moment, one. I think. Yeah, that's, yep. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. All right, so here we go. Wanna please you? Wanna Japanese you? How I need you, dress you up and feed you Love you like a daddy loves his baby, baby do it for me You're the fastest race I ever led You're the finest bride I led. This song is like, it's like he heard Pat Moynihan for Senate, heard 
um, George Michael father figure and was like, this is nice. Is there a way to make it way more creepy? Oh, is there a way to take this creep, this song and just up the creep factor and throw in something racially insensitive? Is there a way we could do that? That great. That's my goal here. What does it mean How does to one Japanese? Japanese? Yeah. Someone. I truly think it just, he's like, that rhymes with please. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Well, rhymes with please. Well, I don't know. I can't think of anything except Japanese. So I guess that's what it is. Come on, Pat. Remember what you said in the words song with the gospel choir. They can't stop you. Right, Japanese. You feel it in your heart. <laughs> but it does it does go back to the initial claim that Emily made, which is that like this uh this band has the energy of somebody who's ready to fetishize Asian people. So I felt like just like Rivers Cuomo and yeah. you know, his terrible lyrics and that you know, the 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 stretching of the dough of that fucking career. That's uh, <laughs> a new f- wrinkle to it because not only is he fetishizing Japanese people, but he is also fetish like Fantasizing about dressing Incest, them up as a baby, and baby play, them. Yes. yeah, feederism. We got some like you know some baby play and some incest, which is like again not here to kink shame. You do you as long as it's consensual. It's not harming anybody. But you do you, but you don't do your daughter. No, and they, they try just, to dog like, me for my train for. Listen to what this guy's saying. Your baby daughter. <laughs> I yep. love you like a daddy loves his baby. It's very like that up. is that's that's gross. Yeah, that's not the way that you should love. He your, also it's your really fucked partner. up. It's really fucked yeah. up. He also says, "Sitting here, baby, young and like a flower." Ugh, How well, I want you. Give me just an hour. Mm. I think my vagina just sealed itself shut. <laughs> That's probably the tenth time that has been said on this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we get that a lot, actually. Yeah, we do. We do. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's a, a lot of vagina sealing tracks on "Make It Stop." That's what, oh yeah. That's yeah. What you stoppies are here for. I think it seems like a, that seems like enough to be like a tagline. Yeah. Sealing <laughs> vagina shut for four seasons. Make it stop. We will seal that giner right up. <laughs> But when you really need to seal your vagine. <laughs> Where are you going on an ocean vacation and would like to seal your vagine for security? <laughs> we'll we cock- should pivot into that market. We will cock you right up. <laughs> we'll, we'll, <laughs> it's um it's so I was trying to think of when you'd want your vagina to are you going to water country and going to ride Geronimo? <laughs> Listen to our podcast first. You'll be all set. You'll thank us later. Are you going tubing at Lake Winnipesaukee? <laughs> <laughs> and what's so fucked up about this fucking song? So we didn't even get into the fact that it's like he's trying to do like MGMT or like something, I guess maybe. Like Yeah, whatever. it is a more interesting sort of arrangement than the rest of the album. I don't care because I he has like- these he says wanna Japanese you. And then that's the thing yeah. is that these lyrics are even like those lyrics are so egregious and ridiculous you have to laugh at them. But then the other lyrics are terrible too. So you're bad. you're the fastest race I ever led. No. <laughs> you're- this really there was a the vibe about this really felt like a cheap wish knockoff of father figure. Yeah. It really like the whole vibe of it was I bought father figure on wish. And there You're it is. You're better than punk rock cred. What does that mean? Oh, favorite. is it cred instead of red? Okay, like I red, thought it was yeah. rhyming red with red and I was like no, that's red. not beyond listen, that's something he would do. Would. Honest mistake. 
Um, it's like kind of it is kind of broken bellsy. It's weird. The very beginning, I was like, is this a cover of in the air tonight? Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I also think that legitimately that is the Casio Calypso beat. So maybe he is part Calypso. We should have believed him. We should have trusted him. I don't trust this man. He went, Are he you showed kidding us. me? We said, you're not Calypso. And he said, watch this. He said, pizza. And they said, let me show you what I fucking am. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's got, if you take uh, the Japanese you out, if you take the like, love you like a daddy loves his baby oh. out, there is and a mother nice, loves I her like baby. the big echoey guitars. I kind of, I like if, you know, if we're going to really analyze this all the way through, I, I'd be remiss not to say I like the big echoey guitars. Yeah, you got these reverby guitar. There's like a drum freak out and some insane strings at the end. Another just completely unearned and inconsistent, you know, crescendo that makes no sense, like juxtaposed with like miserable lyrical dreck about daddy play. Like I just, <laughs> I don't, you know, you can't reconcile it. You're right that maybe that, you know, it exceeds in some ways, but then it, it just completely and totally shrivels in others. So at this point, they've been a band for like 20 years when yeah. this was released. How do they not know who they are still? Oh, because they never were anyone. It's just right, every exactly song it. is like a different band. They were never and anything. And this one's like this one's like a really different band. And you know what's so fucked is that I believe uh, Imagine Dragons exist because Train had to back out of a concert. And um, yeah, Imagine no, they, Dragons, they, yeah, they replaced Train at a at like a big event. Huh? Is that true? Yes, true, it's yeah. true. We found that out in March Badness last year when when Imagine wow. Dragons ended up winning the tournament of the worst oh, music wow. because I because of some of the same so many of the same reasons as I hate this where it's just like yeah actually I take it back because now that those big echoey guitars that's some very Imagine Dragons yes. uh, timbre right there yep. so no actually uh, I f I forgot this song sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Um, it's unlistenable. I mean, it's it's just it's unbearable. And it's real bad. Yeah. Somehow we wrap it up on an even shittier note, which is the last song on the album, uh, "Marry Me." So why don't we just fucking Boy, get this? What an emotional. What a very. Flat, I was gonna say emotional roller coaster, but what I want to say is what an emotional monorail this has been. <laughs> but it's a monorail. It's a monorail straight down into hell. <laughs> Just a smile. Yeah, exactly. Just like straight to to oblivion, just annihilation. Um, yeah, it's it's truly disgusting. Um, so let's just let's put a bow on it here with the last song. This is "Marry Me." Not that the weight has lifted. Love has surely shifted my way. Marry me today and every day. Marry me if I ever get the nerve to say hello in this cafe. Say you will. Sorry, I forgot that he doesn't know her and he's concocted this whole story based on a girl going about her business in the community. Which, by the way, isn't the exact, isn't that the exact same conceit as the song You're Beautiful by James Blunt? Yes. Yes. 
I saw you on the train and and concocted this creepy fantasy about you that you had no idea was going on while you were going about your daily activities. So oh, it's good because that song also sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, big time. So yep. it's, it's, it's. Are you saying that's not a good premise? <laughs> <laughs> it's creepy and it's been done. I'm yeah. stalking you. Outside the Pasquale's, I can see <laughs> you going in for the buffet, but... <laughs> yeah. and, well, and also, as soon as the song starts, I'm like, dust in the wind. Yes. Yeah. All it's y'all so- is dust in the wind. <laughs> and it, this is clearly, like, this is maybe their most for sure been in a Hallmark oh, movie. Oh, yeah. It was like, in One Tree what? Hill. I think it was in... An episode of One Tree Hill. Yeah, it was a single. It uh, this was that a makes, single. What that I makes me want to vomit. It, it absolutely and like honestly, I don't want to waste vomit on this motherfucker. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, like saving that for uh, saving that for later. For later. Um, how many waste vomit? How many divorces do you think this song is directly responsible for? <laughs> Like how many drunk people in like a townie bar like danced to this song on the jukebox and said, you know what? We're a couple of crazy kids. We could make it work. <laughs> and they couldn't, folks. <laughs> they could not. Alert. <laughs> I don't We're know, dude. And it- you love train. I love train. Let's get married. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Well, that was what it did. That was like Lips of an Angel was the same thing, you know? Like, fucking hinder. Oh. Because anybody who's, if that's the glue that's holding your relationship together, then like it's it's destined for failure, my dude. Also, this song's about a stalker. Like, it's about yeah. a stalker. So, you know, there's nothing really romantic about that. That's an appropriate way to end this bowl full of yuck of an album. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, is just with like the unwanted, you know, pursuit of the male gaze of all, yep. you know, from all directions. A shit, a shit, uh, what was it? A shit prism? Yeah. Has Patrick Monaghan ever been married? Did we check? Yes, yes. He's been, yeah, married, he's been married twice. twice. He has he children. I would like to, in honor of Jane Doe's uh, brilliant uh, train marked uh, statement, I would like to refer to him only in the future ever as Pat Monahan for Senate. Yes, yes, that's right. <laughs> Patricia is how we know her. Pat Monahan, libertarian for Senate. Uh, for yes. New Hampshire Senate. Yes, totally yes. New Hampshire libertarian, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like sneakily doing the okay symbol in her campaign poster. Yeah. <laughs> right. She's like, I don't, I have no idea what you're talking Listen, about. Listen, that's, uh, that's like the only thing we can say about Pat Monahan is that he doesn't seem like a piece of shit. He doesn't seem like a, a, a dick. Like, I don't know that he's a racist. Actually, no, he said, I want to Japanese you. I don't know. I take it all back. Why am I, why am I defending <laughs> yeah, this he's man? He's definitely culturally insensitive lyrically. He may have never yeah. hate crimed anyone, which, you know, good. Is, that's a pretty, that's a pretty low bar. for other artists on this show. That's, that's true. Like, yeah. That's a really Mark low Wahlberg. bar. We did do the Marky Mark out. Two Marky Mark albums in one episode. Heather, I gotta say, defending Pat Monahan's honor is not the hill you need to climb. <laughs> no, it's really not. I like you way too much to let you do that. <laughs> yeah, do Especially after we did Bobby Pickett last week. Like, you know, if if you were having a a wholesome off, I mean, that guy's gonna take it. Yeah, totally. the Monster Mash guy. Totally gonna take it. I also don't know. Like, are you a good? The like Jane Doe had said, are is the bar for being a good person? Just asking active hate groups not to use their your songs yes. that they're rapping. Yes. Like, is that the problem? Like, 
oh well then you're a good person because of that like is that the bar Emily, yes. on this show we gotta take what we can get all right <laughs> i can't yeah. tell you how many times i've learned like mid-episode that the person we're talking about has has like done sexual assault <laughs> oh probably a lot it's a lot <laughs> It's a lot. It's unacceptable. Well, that's usually, again, that's usually my job is to be the bummer. So for this guy, I was obviously like desperately raking through, but it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. You just need to listen to the music. It, 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 this guy is a fucking clown. And, and actually, that's an offense to clowns. I like clowns. I hate Patrick <laughs> Monahan. I hate this fucking album. I hate this artist so fucking much. I just, there's so little to defend. And so I feel like we're at the perfect moment for us to look back and rate the album. So, um, Emily, you are familiar with this, but uh, Jane, just so you know, at the end of the show, we uh, look back on, uh, we, we look at the retrospective, emphasis on the wretch of the worst, um, of the worst that we've listened to, and we uh, vote and give it a rating of zero to negative five of some quantifiers. So, Kid Rock was Punisher Thin Blue Line stickers, Neil Young was Key Cars. <laughs> Uh, Soldier Boy was cum-soaked bed sheets on a woman's back. Yeah, so you oh my God. can be kind of, you know, clever and kooky with it. Um, so uh, whoever wants to start, we're going to let you go ahead and uh, decide whether it's from zero to negative five. And uh, whoever has a quantifier, go for it. This is the only thing that's standing between you and freedom. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say. <laughs> I think I would rate it negative five quantifier Pat Monahan libertarian for Senate doing the okay symbol in campaign <laughs> put that in your fucking spreadsheet okay put that in I'm putting it in the spreadsheet right now <laughs> he's doing yeah so you said negative five and why would you do you want to do you want to justify that not like you need to you don't have to explain I mean, anything it's just a it's just a bucket of yuck yeah it's just all the thing I, this is my thought on train my final thought on train I when I I used to I've we all know my love of boy bands, right? Yeah. But I also really love 80s music, particularly 80s hair bands. Mm -hmm. And that started with Bon Jovi, who you could say a lot about their later stuff and some of their early stuff, but I deeply love 80s Bon Jovi. I think they were so great. And I, I found them because every, I heard one, I heard Bad Medicine in a movie. I saw Jan Silent Bob Strike Back and Bad Medicine was in it. And I loved it. And I was like, what is this song? It's amazing. Bought the soundtrack for that. Year later was in a pool hall. I used to play pool at what became a laser tag, which is now closed. Oh, the in one in Danvers? Yes. Oh, so that was team. a billiards place before it was laser tag. We went, my friend and I went and the song came on and the whole bar started singing. The whole place, everyone stopped playing pool and started singing the song. And that song was Living on a Prayer. And then I looked up Living on a Prayer on our dial-up internet and was like, oh my God, it's the same band as Bad Medicine. I love everything this band does. And then I was the, I, the exact inverse to Train. I would hear a song on the radio and be like, I fucking hate this song. <laughs> I don't have a reaction to a lot of songs, but I was like, I really am angered by the existence of this song. And that continually happened with every train song. Anytime I had that visceral of a reaction to a song, like this fucking sucks. It was train every time. <laughs> and that's why train overall, all of trains career, the whole train collective bucket of yuck. 
Negative five. All right. On all- That's actually a special. You can order that for $6.99 at Pasquale's right now. If you want to get the bucket of yuck delivered directly to your door. Um, it's just discarded uh, crushed rinds and olives. Yeah. <laughs> and when they reach your door, they call you on my mom's flip phone and hey, soul sister plays. And that's how you know your Pasquale's is up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! Oh man, this universe that we've created oh. is a is it's it's somehow it's more interesting even, than the album. Yeah, it's, it's more way worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jane Doe, what what would yeah. you give the album? I'm gonna give the album a negative five unused tickets to Burning Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this. this. is the first time we've ever had two different quantifiers, but they're both perfect. They're I love it. Perfect. Yes. Wow. And uh, so what, uh, how, how would you like to, um, you know, defend that again? Not that you need to defend anything. I am amazed that you are still here. I just, I like adult incest baby. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's all you need to say. I think all I need to say. Yeah. And I like that none of those words together were a sentence, which is a great tribute to Pat Monahan. Thank you. Yep. Mm -hmm. Very meta. Very meta. Uh, Thank you. I'm going to go next because I don't want to be the last to go with the score that I'm going to give because I'm going to give it a negative. Is that a Britney Spears quote? <laughs> don't let me be the last to go. <laughs> Close enough. Um, I'm going to give it a negative four. Uh, what? I'm no. Gonna... You have to defend that. Go ahead. I got to save the negative fives for the true monsters. I, I, I got to. Uh, I think that this album uh, is very bad. And I think lyrically, it's it's one of the worst I've ever heard in my entire life. But I don't know. It uh, it didn't uh, it didn't it didn't rend my soul from my body like it. I think that maybe it did to you folks. And and I think it's fine for people to have different experiences. No, uh, it sucked real bad. But ours this goes deep for us. This does. goes deep for Jane and I. This goes yeah. Lane Bryant deep. Lane Bryant deep. And when I when I got to adult incest baby lyrics, I had to pull my car over. That is that that did definitely lower the score from what I was gonna give it for me. I, I had to dock it extra for the the uh, the the baby incest. It would have been like a negative two, <laughs> but then breakfast in bed knocked it down two notches. That, was- that is on the grading rubric. Is must minus one point if there is incest baby lyric. <laughs> That was a turning That's point. That was definitely the turning point from negative three to a negative four, but it did not get to a negative five. I gotta save that. I gotta preserve the sanctity of of my own personal scale. Oh my god! This is the equivocation that got us Biden. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't sit here in your presence and not fucking absolutely roast you for this shit. Because here's the thing: just like with the worst of the worst music that we talk about on the show, the thing that makes it terrible is the way that it reflects the worst parts of our culture. And this reflects the worst parts of our culture. So I feel like maybe you don't want to give it the negative five, which I am wholeheartedly giving it the negative five, because you don't want to look in the mirror and see the soul sister inside yourself that helped make this possible and, and thrive. Me? In, yes, it's your fault. It's all of our faults. Here's the thing. <laughs> That's me. I was listening. So Mike, you know this, your right? Your mom is listening, is rocking oh, out. Let, Go ahead. We made it clear that plus size women are not allowed to be the kind of quirky manic pixie dream girl that is the soul sister. That just leaves you, my friend. 
2009, I was listening to uh, like Sant- no. Santa Gold and stuff. Like, come on. No, you're at fault for this. Heather's correct. You're at fault. I'm it, sorry. Okay. The All reality right. is, yeah. the reality is. Well, I'm just gonna get red pilled now. And now I'm just gonna. <laughs> I lo- now I love train. Now it's a, now it's a positive four. <laughs> Oh man. I mean, the thing is is that it's just it's the worst part because the the thing that is so terrible about it is how blandly inoffensive it can be with with zero um attention paid to it, which it, it is literally designed to be. It's not even like elevator music cuz then you don't have anything else to distract you. It's like hold music that you're you know that you have on mute. Like it's just it's 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 something that is designed by its very essence to never be examined. And when you put it up to any level of scrutiny, it is so deeply offensive that these fucking, you know, I don't even want to say Dr. Seussian because that is an, is an insult to Dr. Seuss who was clever. You know what I mean? Like, and it's not even, I don't want to insult children's book authors and I don't want to <laughs> insult moms, but there was just- Or Chuck E. Cheese Pasquale's pizza. <laughs> that I do want to insult, but I think I think it's so, um, you know, telling that moms were the primary demographic of the stuff because they're too fucking busy with our bullshit to fucking like think critically about mm-hmm. what like the music that they're consuming in like the you know the the fitting room at uh fucking you know Macy's like Talbot. in a Talbot's like it's just <laughs> it's it's offensive it's offensive that you would get fucking the lyrics that you did on this album and and you know just because musically like it is um it's fine it, it just it makes it even more insidious and even more fucking evil. You know what I mean? It's like how they fucking swindle these like suburban moms into QAnon. It's like, oh, well, I care about children. I care about children and I don't want children to be kidnapped and hurt. This, and then- this was the secret pedophilia dog whistle of QAnon. That was QAnon's attempt to pull out and capture the pedophile. Well, they have literal baby incest lyrics, so I don't know. Oh, this is a little bit more convincing than Tom Hanks. If I was gonna, you know, <laughs> I heard I heard that Pat Monahan is uh, doing adult incest baby play out of the basement of a pizza. No, How dare you slander her? She's a hero. She's an American hero. <laughs> Uh, so so that yeah so negative five for me all day every day for the moms out there for the moms out there who we love and appreciate and who rest in peace and and live eternally in our hearts um i feel like our moms would be proud of us in this moment emily you know mine would not mine very sincerely (laughs) loves friends i can't i I can't it's you don't think she'd be stirred by your passion Nope, she would be like, you got to calm down and focus on something else. I'm not changing my ringtone because I don't know how. <laughs> my mother, who is still alive, would be like, you're being kind of negative. I think that young man has a nice voice. <laughs> Well, it has been um, such a joy to have you both on the show. I, you know, not certainly not the listening to train part, but just uh, hanging out, creating this elaborate um, fantasy world <laughs> in our in our. Most fun. This is the most fun anyone's ever had listening to. Train. It's absolutely yeah. true. Aside it's... from Howard Stern. Well, yeah. <laughs> 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 no. um, so thank you so much, Emily and Jane, for being on the show. We are so uh, grateful to you for putting up with us uh, for this, uh, you know, amount of time. It always it always surprises me how much 
things we have to say about the worst <laughs> art that ever arted. Um, would you, I know we live in the, the bad times, but um, I know you both are uh, doing stuff out there in the world. So uh, Emily, do you want to plug anything you got coming up that the Stabbies should know about? I mean, I'm posting more fun things on my Instagram. Like sometimes I'm outside. <laughs> it's not often, but like sometimes. So you can follow me on Instagram if you want to see me outside once every couple weeks. I mean, <laughs> Boston Calling. If it ever happens. No, listen. I was kidding. I'm like making the joke. Yeah, Wouldn't that be crazy? I'm sorry. It's Wouldn't that be crazy if Boston Calling is rescheduled next year because all the comics who were scheduled for this year get to do it next year if it happens wouldn't it be crazy if train was the headliner and then i had to grapple with that train would be the headliner of fucking boston calling that would be so on brand what am i gonna do i will come for the winter now thank you i'm getting a press pass i'm gonna i'm gonna go to right in his face be like listen we got some questions mostly about baby incest but let's back up hi but also about your run for senate in new hampshire (laughs) how's that going check up that race (laughs) um and jane doe what can we um check you out in uh in the virtual sphere or wherever yeah i would say um Follow my Instagram at Jane Doberlesque because uh, I've been doing digital shows here and there with the Slaughterhouse Society yes. and Lipster Criminals are talking about potentially doing something in the future. So Hell yeah. keep Ooh. an eye out. Didn't you guys have a, you had a show last night. Is that right? Yes, or Friday? Slaughterhouse yes. Society had a show last night. It was um, super fun. Was it good? Was it a good time? Not safe for it work, was great. right? Yes. Hell it yeah. was great. Yeah, did, it's not, no mom rock there. <laughs> no, no mom rock there. Actually, a, a burlesque show, a burlesque dance to train, though. I mean, if it hasn't been attempted, I think that Drops of Jupiter might be on that list of like songs you can't strip. You can't. To. <laughs> I'm not joking. Like, there is a list of like songs that you can't strip to that are like a that's like a joke list. I'm pretty sure that Drops of Jupiter is on Whoa. it. Yes, sounds like a challenge to me. <laughs> yeah. All right, Mike. Well, you 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 can audition. For that might be my entree into the whole scene. <laughs> Yes. Um, all right. So check out Jane Doberlesque. And then, uh, Emily, do you want to drop your Instagram handle, handle for everyone? For the people? Yep. It's at Emily Raskowski. Perfect. Very easy to spell. Totally <laughs> easy and fine. Um, no, it's spelled, it spells like a sound. Come on. Come on. Uh, no, I, a, a guy, I filed a report at work on the phone and this guy spelled it back to me. R-U-S-K-O-U-U-S-K-I. No. I said W no. and he spelled it with back to back U's. No. So, How did we? Yeah. Did they pronounce it like Ruskowski? <laughs> he just didn't. Yeah, like Winifred Sanderson. <laughs> or like Kooki Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh my god oh my god i'm in pain okay um so you can find us uh wherever you get your podcasts and at www.makeitstoppodcast.com or find us on facebook twitter and instagram we're barely active on twitter we're not even active on instagram but i do check it every once in a while so you know give us a shout out um at make it Stopcast and uh send us an email we appreciate your emails and actually you know again stoppies this this episode came because of you this was all because of you so we've given you far too much power obviously but continue to send us suggestions uh for other terrible music that you want us to review uh we'll have there's just so much it's so plentiful 
Um, and uh, yeah, we'll oh, see. Wait, what? also, what? Stoppy, send us a send us a drawing of Patrick Monahan getting floored by Thomas the Train Engine. <laughs> yes, that's that's right. your assignment for this episode. That's the assignment. Yes, yes. yeah, we're still waiting. We're still waiting. Um, so we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. The Make It Stop podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Heather McCormick. It is affiliated with the Boston Free Radio podcast network at bostonfreeradio.com and with Somerville Media Center, based out of Somerville, Massachusetts. The music used for our intro was produced by Patrick Ahern. Thanks for listening. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. I never thought I'd care about gardening until I bought a house in the suburbs. But now I find myself in conversations about liquid fertilizer, and I wonder, am I the fertilizer guy now? (laughs) No, no way. Everyone knows the ratio between phosphorus and nitrogen, right? Yeah, I'm still totally cool. Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.